The Lizardmen are an ancient race and had proven themselves victorious on battlefields long before the fledgling races such as elves, dwarfs, or men could stand upright on their feet. Theirs is the power that scoured races untold from existence and reshaped the very surface of the world by their will and the might of their armies have the dark gods been thwarted yet defense is not enough once again the lizard men have reawakened to their great purpose Crusading outwards once more to restore order. Welcome to the garage, you tools. We're going to make several promises for the next three hours or thereabouts. We're going to do the best we can to keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way. Proving once again the blade of realities pierces the shield of make-believe. I'm Chris Yu. <laughs> And I'm the one who knocks. I forgot to turn my mic on. Yes, you did. You know what? I'm always the one with the mic on to start the show and or to get not, things but rolling. But not this time. Yeah. So, what is what? That's uh, not a good feeling. That's a little <laughs> weird. I, I'm talking, but I can't hear anything. <laughs> How's it going, partner? Oh, fantastic! How about yourself, buddy? I'm hanging in there. Oh man. One week to the day since we recorded the first half. And, I know. We're then, we're on a roll. Yep. That's why there's butter on our pants. <laughs> I don't even know what to say, folks. Uh, come on, that's better than the knock-knock jokes. <laughs> I, uh, that's debatable. That's de- <laughs> oh, we had a we did get a voicemail from Cranky, but I didn't play it just because I was just I didn't have what, time. What's to, the ens- essence of his message? It's thirty-six seconds of him going knock-knock, knock-knock. They just keep saying it. Well, Cranky, who's there? <laughs> Hello, who's there? Maybe he's the one who knocks. Could be. He might be the one who knocks for Christopher. He could be. Yeah. If he's a cook and... Uh, Did you see that on Twitter? <laughs> it's like the first time Chris comes back and Craigie says, he's like, say hello to your lovely wife for me. I'm yeah. like, really? That's the <laughs> first thing you're going to start? <laughs> Great. Shot Googly across Googly. the bow right there. <laughs> As always, we need to thank our sponsors, Unique Gifts and Games, Cool Mini or Not's Dark Age, Guild Painting Service, Mantic Games... Mirce Miniatures, The Square Shooters Game, and Battle Foam, protecting your army. Awesome. <laughs> you know, I was listening to the beginning of the show uh-huh. as I was finishing up the editing today, and I had, you know, I had the, the, the Burl Urban, and you got, welcome to the garage, tools. <laughs> That wasn't me. That was great. That was the ranger. No, Dwarf actually, ranger. No, you actually said, or however he says it, I don't know what's going on. You claimed that one. That was just great. I was cracking up listening to that. Oh, man, it was fantastic. This episode is also sponsored in part by audible.com. Dot com. Dot com. All right, and now it's time for her voicemail, Chris. My favorite part. Voicemail. You know we have voicemail. Tell me about voicemail. You can call 1-757-GHO6. That's 1-757-GHO6. That's right. You can call our voicemail and leave us a voicemail. We have several uh, this week. I will give you the first one. I'm breathless with anticipation. Right now. 
Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Alex Gonzalez, MS, AMFT, QMHP. As an actual crisis worker and trained mental health professional, as well as the captain of the Illinois team for the Tri-State Challenge, I felt compelled to address the voicemail on episode 79 of the Garage Hammer podcast and episode 46 of the Ohio Hammer podcast. An individual claiming to be Dr. Warhammer provided an erroneous public service announcement regarding a certain 20 mil syndrome. I would first like to refute the existence of this syndrome, as it is not an actual syndrome or diagnosis in either the Diagnostic and Statistic Manual 4 or 5. In addition, any claims that this gentleman is a doctor are also false, as this gentleman is not currently registered as a practicing doctor in the state of Indiana or any other state in the United States. It is the opinion of this speaker that this individual is suffering from delusions of grandeur, likely related to the contraction of syphilis, and may be an imminent threat to himself or others and should be treated as such. In addition to the delusions previously mentioned, this gentleman's delusions seem to include the dominance of the Tri-State Challenge by the Indiana team. This idea is clearly ludicrous. While the Ohio team will perform similarly to the Cleveland Browns of recent years, the Indiana team will perform as expected in the post-Manning era Indianapolis Colts, getting close but losing to the eventual champions. This gentleman should also understand the rules of the Tri-State Challenge as the 20-0 system will not be in use during the Tri-State Challenge, and the Illinois versus Indiana date is September 28th as opposed to the 27th. With regards to the term being indeed, my own research has concluded this usually refers to being the subject of a bad independent film, some reference to a pork tenderloin sandwich, or something to do with a sheep in a similar manner of a Tijuana donkey show with the local wargamers. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact me. However, I would not panic. There is no such thing as 20-O syndrome. And go Bears! Well, that escalated quickly. No doubt. Uh, Indianapolis said, we're going to suffer from 20 nil syndrome. And uh, the response was, the Ohio team is going to do terrible. And the Indianapolis team apparently suffers from delusions of grandeur brought on by syphilis. <laughs> does, does syphilis cause delusions of grandeur? It could cause it, hallucinations and delusions, yes. It causes no insanity. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, <laughs> that escalated quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Proof is on the table, gentlemen. We'll so, see how things work out. Okay, and we did get a, uh, we did have someone actually do a shout out sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Foote from the UK, and um, they're doing a 48 hour Warhammer marathon of gaming, all these guys, and they're doing it to raise money for charity. Uh, I guess it's kind of like their own version of like an extra life type of thing. Excellent. Um, a lot of these are popping up. Pure Hammer was like that. Mm. You know, we're not doing it to make money or, or do rankings or standings. We're just doing this and raising money Community to help service. out. service. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool. You could turn a day of Warhammer into helping out the community. Absolutely. And a bunch of these are propping up, um, but they know that we really like these sort of just like, you know, just pure go play Warhammer mm. just for the fun of it and maybe help someone out. So rather than read copy, I'll play what he pl- said. He did it better. Hi, Dave and Chris. It's Steve Foot here from the U.K., just want to talk quickly about a charity event to raise some money for a really important cause for us in the UK. Um, and to do that, me and my gaming club are going to be running a 48-hour Warhammer Fantasy Marathon game. That's going to be from the 25th to the 27th of October. 
and we're currently looking for sponsors, donations, and people to get involved. The charity is really important. It's to get a, a local girl, she's two years old, and she needs a life-changing op that can be done in the U.S., but she needs to raise the money for that and also to cover the cost for all the physio she'll need afterwards. The event we're organising is a very themed, lustrous Storm of Magic battle game, lots of special rules, unique happenings, three massive armies aside, and lots and lots of monsters. We plan to live webcast the event and allow viewers to donate to influence the game. So every dollar or pound you spend, you can add a ward, you can add a re-roll, so we want to make it real fun for everybody. All donations will allow will also be allowed to be entered into a prize fund, and we're getting some great donations from people like Heal and Hammer, Odd Games, Element Games, Horatory Studios, and many more. If you want to keep up with the build-up for this big game, simply Google Innsmouth Gaming Club. Thanks very much, guys, and really enjoy your podcast. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Now, that actually had a fantastic Google voice translation, but I think if you're trying to raise money for charity to help out someone who needs an operation, I hesitate to... Claw the message there. Yeah, Yeah. to read the the funny Google voice translation. However, we do have one last message. This one's coming from the Cranky Lawyer. Cranky himself, huh? Let's, uh, Let's hear what Cranky has to say. You know, the only thing worse than spending your few precious moments without the children on the weekend driving to the hobby center and seeing that it's in fact closed already is driving to the hobby center and seeing it's closed already and finding out that Andrew Sherman has yet another podcast in which he'll be murdering the English language. So apparently is that is that's the shout out. That's the that's, that's that's the message. The only thing more upsetting than going there and finding they're closed is Finding out that Andy has another podcast, <laughs> which <laughs> interesting. But that's our voicemail and uh, shout outs and all that for the week. Excellent, thanks guys. Got a bunch of it, and um, we'll have the uh, I'll have the the links to the uh, different events in here. All right, in the show notes. In the show notes for these uh, this episode. All right, so uh, I guess we should take a break. Okay. Um, when we return, we'll have Lizardman Jeff on to talk about more lizards. Um, we'll be skipping the toolbox and the um, news and rumors. News and rumors again in order to get to the main ship. But that doesn't mean they're not still brought to you by Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. That's right, folks. Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted boarded miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. Chaos Orc Superstore. Before we get back to the actual show, Chris and I want to talk to you for a moment about Audible.com. Yeah, it's a great source for those of you who don't have the time to read. You can go and download whatever book you want, really, and listen to it while you're driving, while you're working, 
while you're working out? It's got over 100,000 books. I mean, I went in there going, oh, they're not going to have what I want to listen to. They have tons of stuff. That's my problem because I went on and looked, (laughs) and I was overloaded by choice. You couldn't pick something yet, I can't commit yet. I have to keep on looking through the whole entire catalog to see what they got, and uh, I I, want to spend my credits wisely. (laughs) (laughs) So you get, okay, they're offering you a free download, so you get a free book, which I did sign up, and I got my free book. I picked Name of the Wind. I hear that's excellent. Patrick Rothfuss. But seriously, you go in, main page of the website, click on the uh, the Audible banner in the show notes for this episode, Mm -hmm. episode 80 discussion thread. There'll be a link there as well. So any of those three links, it's audiblepodcast.com slash garage hammer, and it'll take you right to that that offer for the free download. Seriously, everything I typed in, Dune series, there. And plenty of nonfiction stuff, too, like self-help stuff, how to, you know, how-to books and... They're, yeah, I was looking at a lot of those, and there's just tons of material. Please go to the site, click on it, dude. Go get a free book. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, if anything, it's fun just to peruse what they have available out there. There's I mean, so I got much. lost just looking through the different uh, categories. My my wish list is like ten or twelve. I was, oh, click, click, go. click, click, click. So now I got a list. So that's it. We'll be uh, back to the show. Back to the show. Welcome back to the Garage U Tools. We are going to talk some Lizardmen, and uh, appropriately, joining us again is Lizardman Jeff. How are you doing, Jeff? Doing good, guys. How are you doing? Hanging in there? Fantastic. So let's, Excellent. Let's talk some Lizardmen, the nuts and bolts, as it were. So mm-hmm. before we dive into it, have you guys played any games with or against the new Lizard, Lizardmen? No, no, I haven't yet. I've been extremely busy lately, so I haven't had a chance to uh, go and play yet. I have watched several. I watched Harrison's, kind of. I watched yours, right, yeah. but I haven't gotten to play myself. Okay. I, I have played one game against Grant's Lizardmen, so as as points come up that are relevant, you know, well, yeah. Yeah, I, can, I can bring those up. So where should we start? Well, um, I think we're going to see, we're going to save special characters till the end, because A, there's a ton of them. And B will it just it just seems like let's get to the stuff that most of us tend to use. Sure. Um, so we should start at the beginning. You're saying, yeah. <laughs> yep, uh, dude. <laughs> With Lord, the, uh, if the first can... spawning of lizard men, the the slon mage priest. Yeah. So is he a, is he a one plus? Do you have to have him? Well, with the new book, it seems like you can make a viable non-Slon army, um, but ultimately I think with most tournament lists, you are going to see the Slon still 1+. plus. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, I was thinking the same thing. Uh, really, it's a leadership 9 that, that does it. Oh, that's true. Are, what, is the other, are the other guys leader 8? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's wow. still lead 8. The old blood is eight, and the only other option, if you don't want the slanders, be Tehenawain or Te- however you pronounce his name. Well, I guess that's a trade-off because the, the stats... prophet of Sotek. That's... Yeah, the prophet of Sotek. <laughs> Sorry, the, the stats on the Saurus are really good, except for the leadership lets them down a little bit. Then true, but you do have cold blooded, so leadership eight is a lot better with an extra it, die. Yeah, it's still really this solid on an eight, but when you're looking for that super reliability, having the the nine and then a level four mage on top of that is um, probably Heartbeat. the best combination. Yeah, yeah, 
Plus, they're just so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and really, honestly, without the Lord, you only have these two choices. I mean, I think mm-hmm. I can't think of another book that only has two Lord choices. That's kind of a common theme in this book. Two choices? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I guess we'll find out. <laughs> we'll, we'll find out. So let's, let's dissect the Slan Mage Priest. 300 points, that's not a bad start considering he's a level 4. Yeah, so he, not at all. And, and he's got the uh, 5 wounds and the 4 plus ward save built in. Yeah, that's actually really good. Yeah, so late. So let's. Uh, you want to? Should we hit his special rules real quick? Sure. Well, he's got cold blooded, and he's he's got the mage priest palanquin. Is that Pal- how you pronounce it? Palanquin. I looked it up on dictionary.com. Yep. Uh, he can reroll failed dangerous terrain tests. Um, and he's infantry, so stuff that affects infantry counts for him. But he's not considered to be on foot. So if it if it's a spell that says affects characters on foot, mm-hmm. it, that's not him because he's floating. Yeah. That's, that's kind of nice. It makes well, sense. Well, it, it would be nice if you were able to at least cast Transformation with him. I think that would be a fun combination, but oh yeah, I can, I can see the fluff reason because oh, he's, not he's obviously yeah. not yeah. on foot. Right. Oh, yeah, true, because you wouldn't turn him into a, you know, a... A, a dragon that's floating. Or around. a mountain dragon. chimera, and, and you know. get to retain your uh, innate abilities, so he would still have that four-plus ward. Just standing on the yeah, this giant true. monster standing on that, that palanquin. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the Shield of the Old Ones, that grants them a four-up ward save. And then Telepathic Confabulation. What's that? Uh, with that one, at the beginning of the magic phase, if you have two or more Slon on the board, you're able to switch a single spell between them so they could each switch a spell with each other. Is it two um, or more Slon or two or more friendly... Well, it says anybody with that rule, and oh, I believe I only the Slon have that rule. Yeah, they're the only, I looked that up, too, because I was like, oh, you could switch with Skinks. No, they're the only ones who have that rule. So, if you which, could switch with Skinks, that would be awesome. Yeah, that would be amazing. Speaking of which, can you? how likely or how easy is it to field a multiple Slon list these days? Because I know before the previous book, that was kind of the, the, the hotness. Yeah, well, when they came with the free power, and that free power was an extra magic die, um, that kind of changed things a little bit. Um, but now they're 300 points, and they don't come with that free power. So it's a little bit harder to get them in. And a 2,400 point, you could fit two naked slon in, and that's still a pretty good deal. I mean, you've got two two level four casters with five wounds, four plus ward. Right. But, I mean, but they're, they're kind of naked. The and, yeah. Uh-oh. So it's it's a little bit harder. It's still viable, but I don't think it's going to be nearly as powerful as it used to be. Because what really juiced that up was the extra power dice. But mm-hmm. um, now I just don't think you're going to have the dice to to make those both those slon work. And when you've got the versatility of being able to switch the spells anyway, I, I'm not sure if you would actually need that second slon. So let's talk about the um, the disciplines. So yeah. Yeah, these have changed quite a bit. Before they were kind of the hallmark and. One or two of the old disciplines could really have a huge impact on the game. I'm oh yeah. This, I gotta say I'm glad that these changed because let's be honest, we only saw the same like three disciplines. Almost, I mean, it was very rare. 
I mean, it was, to be sure, but to be fair, I, I don't think you're going to see a, a wide variation on the new disciplines either. I mean, it's pretty obvious which ones shine and which ones are just kind of um, not necessarily tournament choices. So you don't want a, a terror-causing slot? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> but, that mean, would be guess... an interesting build if you were to run a unit off at the beginning of the game because they ran to a terror-causing slot. Right. That would be an awesome story. Right. However, I don't think that would be something you would see on a tournament. Probably list. not. So before we jump into those real quick, so you, even at a even at a three thousand point game, you can have seven hundred and fifty points. So you'd have yeah, you're pushing it then even for you'd have you'd you'd, you'd be taking the full seven fifty probably, mm-hmm. and you'd have two slime, neither of which were kitted out to, unless you kitted one out really awesome and left the other one naked, mm-hmm. because you can have one hundred and fifty points of disciplines and a hundred points of magic items. So you go from being able to take up to 250 points of stuff to have 150 between the two of them. So you really are sort of holding your Handcuffs place. there a little bit. But maybe that's for the best because Power Die I mean, are at a premium with this army, with, with the Slon. You, you're going to oh, want yeah. as much Power Die as you can get. And with two Slon, you know, and, you're not going to be able to utilize as much. And even though you're going to see, like Jeff said, you'll see some of the tricks again. There's certain things in here you're probably going to see them take yeah. uh, you know more often than not um, and you can't take you just couldn't take it on both and like yeah I said, that's a big change this book is you can't take doubles of these anymore either oh that's right so you couldn't yeah you could you only have one of these per per army yeah okay yeah that is a good rule yeah which I like yeah I said, otherwise you would see like two three dice channel swans right it's just I, like I said I looked at I look at these and I've been we've been talking about them now for a while, and the, the, even if you keep taking the same three or four in this book, mm-hmm. it's just not nearly as as overpowered and busted as the old one was. Mm-hmm. I mean, losing that, getting an extra die every time you throw a spell was a huge. I mean, it's a huge blow to lizard players, but really, it, it's they really did sort of balance the playing field a little bit. They could, well, I think the key is the slon and these new disciplines are are much more integrated in with the army holistically. Yes, mm-hmm. so you're not depending on the slon necessarily to win you the game like you were before necessarily, but you might need the slon with these units with that spell to get the right combo. All right. Well, I guess let's jump through the disciplines r- really quick. Um, Reservoir of Eldritch Energy. At the end of the opponent's magic phase, the Slon Mage Priest can store a single unused dispel dice remaining in his pool. At the beginning of the next phase, roll a die, and on a 2+, you can add it to your power pool. It can't go, still can't go past 12. On a 1, it's lost. If the Slon is killed before his next magic phase, that bonus dice is lost. 20 points. Yeah, this is one that I would think you would take. Yeah, I think that's going to be a one plus. Uh, it's basically replacing the diadem of power, which was an old magic item, which allowed you to shift um, power dice to dispel dice, but not vice versa. But on for twenty points on a two plus, you get to save a, a dispel for a power die. That, that, I think that's a pretty good bargain. So that might mean um, you're, you're taking it on the chin in your opponent's magic phase potentially mm-hmm. for a spell to, to give yourself a spell later. Possibly. Potentially, but I mean, I've seen phases where Grant's had more dispel dice when, than the than his opponent has had power dice after he's done channeling and doing all this True. stuff. Though, yeah. so mm-hmm. that might not be such a bad thing. I kind of looked at it and said, "Meh," because it kind of reminded me of the thing that I, that the Black Perry app. Only mine just carry two over from any phase. It was fifty five points. 
And, and, you know, I was, when I first looked at the rule, I was wondering why they added that two plus in there. It's like, why not just make it automatic? But then I saw the, the 20 point price tag and I was just thinking, you know, that doesn't even come out of magic item allotments. So I, I right. think that's a, a, a good, a, a good deal there. I, I guess you guys saw more you said than I did. I was like, eh. well, you're spoiled by the Black Perry app. I barely yeah. make it for two <laughs> dice. Well, it's 55 points. I've, I haven't taken it in a long time. So, so let's talk Soul of Stone. Okay. 25 points. Uh, this allows you to adjust your miscasts, the slons, that is, uh, by adding one, subtracting or adding one, depending on the, the result. So you can kind of control your miscast to some extent, which is a good thing. Yeah. It's like a it's like a a, a lesser version of the uh, what is it the black tongue or whatever that is that the that the warriors used to have or yeah or subtract or by the three the puppet, right. puppet yeah. yeah so I mean I thought this one was money I mean as long as you don't roll a two or a three you're basically you can almost keep yourself out of the uh, what do you call it the um, the cascade you can keep yourself out of cascading. True. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it depends on your army build. If, if you have your slon, we could talk about how where you're going to place your slon. But if he is in a big unit of temple guard, if you potentially roll that miscast where it's the big explosion, that could be crippling. Well, it, it's kind of it, it doesn't really matter because it's like small template, big template. Everybody in contact, he's going to be hitting at, at least lot. twelve yeah. models. So you're going to have a huge chunk of your temple guard blown out, regardless of of what you roll, um, as far as templates are concerned. But I mean, being able to mitigate it somewhat, I, I think, is good. But it, it's something that only works part of the time, um, and it, it's not even necessarily guaranteed to right, give you, you a benefit. Even, so when I was building my salon, I, I found he got expensive really quick, right. and I, I first wrote him with. Soul of Stone, but to make him a little bit cheaper, that's one of the powers that I dropped. Hmm. Well, I, I guess if you have a nickname like Cascade, you might invest in that. <laughs> <Yeah. thing. laughs> yeah, that was bad. That was a bad run I had. Ugh. But uh, I don't know. Like I said, I thought it was pretty cool, but I guess to, to Jeff's point, it, you know, moving it off a of Cascade into exploding everything around you, no matter what you get on that dispel, mm-hmm. uh, that Almost anything you get is going to be pretty bad. It's going to do so. some damage. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you can prevent yourself from losing levels or or getting sucked down into the warp, that's always a good thing. Right. But a lot of the other ones are just you're going to blow your unit up. So okay. Well, let's uh, Jeff talk talk to us about the calming cogitation. This one's changed quite a bit from before. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's twenty five points. Uh the Slon Mage Priest re rolls its first dispel attempt in each magic phase. Uh, each failed dispel attempt in each magic phase. Um it used to be you just discarded sixes on a single wizard within twenty four inches and I hated um, that one. Oh, that was so annoying. Yeah, I, I think that one was definitely better. But this one's half the points, and you get to re-roll the first failed dispel. I think that's it's another really good one. Uh, but again, when I was making my salon, I was trying to fit everything in there, and this is another one of the ones that I had to make a hard choice about. And um, I've, I've left it off of them, but I don't think I, I I might eventually just add it back on, depending on how the games go, because being right. able to throw two dice at a spell that you would be taking a risk on and being able to re-roll that I think is going to be a huge advantage and you're able to do that every magic phase right, so it's something yeah. that's working the entire game as long as your salon's alive. Some nice insurance there. 
Yeah, these, these, yeah. I guess both Soulstone and Becoming Cogitation become these little insurance bits that you're kind of hoping you're paying points and hoping you never even have to use it in the first place. So I could see if you have to dump something, these might be the things you dump. I guess. Uh, okay, what else do we got in here? So tell us about wandering deliberations, David. Uh, instead of generating spells normally, this land mage priest knows the signature spell from each of the eight lores. Uh, uh, eight lores of magic. You cannot combine this with focus of mystery, which basically gives him a lore master. So you can't right. you can't be the lore master and the uh, the uh, signature spell master. That's thirty points, and uh, I liked this. I mean, I still would see if I was taking this. I would still see myself taking the high magic because of the utility of it. We talked about that last mm-hmm. episode. Um, excuse me, but what I really liked about this was. Fluff-wise, it's the Lore Master of Hoeth, which, once again, you've got, the, uh, you know, an elf that went, it went to the other elf discipline, mm-hmm. which if you weren't going to be a high high elf or using high magic, you might be a Lore Master right. taught by the Slan. And so you have this. You can take this and have that same, have the Slan be the, basically, like a, just like a Lore Master of Hoeth. A- except that the Slan... To spell at plus four. Yeah, I mean, and being having yeah. access to all eight of those signature spells is is he's basically a, a Swiss Army knife. You've got a spell for every situation, uh, but you're trading that off for not having access to the higher power spells. Right. So it, it's kind of a give and take. Um, so it's kind of like uh, he's a level four start. So I, I've heard the lower master of the high elves has not been. Uh, particularly effective that people aren't really taking them in their lists anymore, and I'm wondering if getting the extra plus two to the casting might might help mitigate that a little bit. Oh, to the to the casting and to the dispel. I mean, but that that's, yeah, yeah. I, I've never actually fielded a lore master because of that very reason. And from what I've seen, people just get crucified in their enemies' magic phase because that plus two it's a huge difference. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, I wonder how much better it would be for a plus four because that's you don't see the, the like you just said. I didn't think about that. Yeah, he's a level four because we kept saying uh, with the high elf, if you could have that toolbox at a level level four, you would take it pretty yeah, often. That'd be a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it's supposed to depend. It depends on what you want to do. I I think I'd prefer the the high magic option as well. Yeah, same here. When it comes down to the choice between the two, I think you're going to have lore master high elves all all day every day. Yeah, it's just, uh, I guess the signature spells are good, but like you said, if that's all you have, it's, you, you're, you lack that punch. I guess that's what I was trying to say. Right. Yeah, the, the jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, that's it, yeah. All right, Chris, what about the harmonic, harmonic convergence? Harmonic convergence. The slan uh, rolls two additional dice whenever he attempts to channel power or dispel dice. I think this is one of those autumn choices. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the roll of the three channels, and when you combine that with the channel staff, that's when that really starts to shine. Yeah, at um, that point, you're, you're looking at fives to channel? Yeah, yeah. yeah and I, I think that's kind of meant to replace the, the rumination, the add one power die. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'd almost say this might even be better, because you can do that in the dispel phase as well, so you're potentially getting uh, a single die in each phase, mm-hmm. instead of a single die for each spell, which... It's definitely a, not as good as the, the free die, but you, still, I, I think you're going to be seeing this in pretty much every list. You're giving, you're balancing out the character, you're taking away that thing that was just so kind of broken in the last list, and mm-hmm. but you're still, you know, fluff-wise and game-wise, you're still giving that boost. There's still the masters, now it's coming in in both phases, 
and uh, yeah, I mean, it becomes an auto take along with once you got like you said with the channels, the channeling staff. Mm-hmm. Because man, one good roll, and suddenly you're up. You know, you went from three, down. four power die over here. <laughs> yeah. Your yeah. So, so let's talk about the harrowing scrutiny. This is the big one. Yeah, the Slon Mage Priest has the tear special rule for thirty points. I'm taking um, that every time. <laughs> I'm, I'm painting fangs on the little bastard too, and I, when I it's <laughs> one scary toad. Ah, yeah, red glowing eyes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're trying to do a, a tear spam, and maybe you take Lord Death for the uh, negative three leadership, maybe you, you'd want to take this so you have another tear causer in the list. I but, can see it, but as a, you know, with the slime being what it is, I don't know if you'd want him charging out, getting getting into combats and putting himself in harm's way. That's just me. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, even if he's in the unit, the the unit you charge would still have to take that test, wouldn't they? Because he's being charged by a tear causing model. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're playing against your friend's all goblin army, that you take, <laughs> yeah. you take they all squeal and run. Own those goblins. <laughs> yeah, it's basically a one trick pony for thirty points. So I, I don't. You would have to build your list around it, and even then, I'm not sure it would be worth it. All I know is, man, my fear checks never work against anybody. So why would the terror check and run yeah. up? You know, I, I think a fear check these days—it's—it's it's a nice cherry on top. It's nothing you can rely on. No. Yeah, I never do. You never fail those damn. Why? Fear it's a, in general, a DSB high leadership army. Exactly. I'm—I'm I'm not even sure what fear does because I just don't—I don't feel those. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Mr. Cold Blooded. Yeah, listen to this guy. <laughs> oh goodness! So transcendent healing. All right, uh, 30 points. If the model's alive at the end of any friendly magic phase, roll a number of D6 equal to the difference between uh, the Slon Mage Priest's starting number of wounds and its current number. For each six, it immediately recovers a single wound. That's kind of cool. So 30 points. If I'm down three wounds, I roll three dice. If any sixes come up, I get those wounds back. If I'm down two wounds, I roll two dice. Any sixes come up? It's it's not. I mean, if you're a lucky six roller, you know, yeah, yeah. this could be pretty cool. I mean, it's it sounds better, I think, than it than it would probably work. But I just like the idea of it a lot. Just yeah, it sounds fun. I, I would. I don't. Yeah. see myself. And if you're interested it, in taking risks, you can combine that with the forbidden rod and maybe get those oh, wounds right. back. No. Forbidden rod. I think you roll that. And get that gives you extra power die. Gives you D6 power dice and D3 wounds, I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. So, and they're all, these are all a lot cheaper. That's, we should mention that, is that in the old book, you got one for free, and then every one you took was like 50 points, right? Correct. And there's only one here that's more than, uh, there's a 35 and a 60, and the rest of these seem to be right around the 25 and 30 point range. So, you could really just stack them up for the same, uh, for the same points. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, Chris, why don't you explain the unfathomable presence? So you're rolling a D3 at the start of enemy magic phases, and the Slon gains uh, magic resistance, the number that you rolled. Until the end of the phase. So it's during their ma- well, during their magic phase. I guess that's the only time it really is necessary. Right. right. Uh, this is meh. The problem that I have with this is for the exact same number of points, or, yeah, you can get the Obsidian Amulet, which just gives you magic res 2. And that works all the time. You don't have to worry about whether or not you're going to roll a one, right? Um, true. So I'm, I'm again. I'm. You, you might see it. 
it averages out Some to the lists. same thing. <laughs> True, but why not pay for the guaranteed number, True. I suppose. True. I'm just thinking maybe if you don't have points in your talisman allotment. Yeah, if you've maybe. used your talisman or you just don't have the, you don't want to spend the po- I don't know, I'm just... <laughs> no, I mean, you're, you're the... Yeah, devil's advocate, right? Yeah, for, that's for, me. I'm the yeah. devil's advocate. Everything in this list is good. It's usable. <laughs> Every army is the best army, except for dwarves. <sighs> There's that word again. Because they cry in their beards. That's right. right. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about focus of mystery, gentlemen. Jeff, you the salon has lore master high elf magic special rule, and it cannot be kind uh, combined with the wandering deliberations. And this is 35 points and pretty much a 1 plus is what I think we're going to be finding. Anytime you can get Lore Master, I think it becomes 1 plus. It's just, it used to, used to be able to get it all the time, and now it's so hard to get. When you see it, you grab it. Yeah, I mean, that used to be one of the old powers was just you got Lore Master of one of the eight lores. Um, now this is the only way for Islam to get Lore Master. Yeah, but with that Lore attribute where those junk spells become gold all of a sudden? I mean, Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, so the lore master becomes key. So let's wrap it up with higher state of consciousness. That's yours. This is uh, ethereal and unstable and cannot join units. That's a 2+, plus, so I'm taking it twice. You're taking I'm it. Paying, oh, really? <laughs> paying 120 for that. I'm bit. paying double for it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't I don't get this one. For 60 points, I just, I don't get what they were thinking. Um, okay. Yeah, I get exactly what they were thinking. There's too many damned ethereal slon playing in right. this game. <laughs> I guess, but it's not like they were breaking the game. And, and for 60 points, they, they're unstable, and you really don't want them in combat anyway, so right. that's not a huge issue. But they can't join units, so they can get shot by magic missiles. They can get shot by magic artillery. Well, I mean, there's a lot of magic though, shots so. out there that would get through that. Yeah, but they come True. with a four-up ward. I mean, I could see, you know, especially because if you... Put this guy on a flying carpet. Well, and if, if there's people who aren't... He's not a model on foot. Oh, oh that's on. right. There you go. That palanquin again. Well, I know, like, when I played Rotor, he doesn't put his slan in a unit anyway. He keeps it behind his big block. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Having it be ethereal, even if it's unstable, the only stuff that's getting around and getting through are little skirmishers. You know, his little... But what about... Uh, Artillery fire, a lot of Skaven stuff. Not that four, can, up, four up ward. Is that enough to stand on, though? Uh, For six full turns of shooting? Well, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you there. I'm just saying, yeah. if if you're a person who doesn't put them in, because he didn't. I mean, he. Right. And he went through bits with it. He went four and one and took yeah, best I, wizard I've seen it quite a bit. Domus is one who used to run a slan outside, but he, you weren't sure. His opponents well, always assumed the- he was ethereal. Yeah. And you could take the plaque of protection before, which was the two plus ward versus ranged. Oh, that's true. Yeah, but not now. Well, you got the two plus ward versus flaming. He can still take. <laughs> yeah, true. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm just, I'm throwing it out there. But yeah. th- I think that everyone goes, "Oh, unstable." I know how bad unstable can be. I hate you know unstable. Like, oh, yeah. good. But you're not going to get hit unless you screw up. You're not going to get hit with a huge ranked. You yeah you shouldn't be putting yourself you shouldn't in be combat resed yes. out you know you get you're going to get attacked by a couple of skirmishers or things that generally don't necessarily have the magical attacks so they can't hurt you at all you know and if they do you've got the four up ward or the two up flaming you know pendant so 
it's still sixty. How much was the old ethereal? Oh, it was fifty because that 50. was everything was yeah. fifty. Yeah, and so they increased the price and they added unstable and you can't join units. I mean, if they had the if they removed the can't join units. I, I, I might be down with that, but just not being able to to protect your salon from from shooting like that, um, I think at sixty points that's a bit too much. So, well, those are the abilities that well, you can take. Let's talk a little bit. This might be a good time to segue into how you kit your salon or where you deploy them. Okay, yeah, absolutely. So I, I don't know. I think the go to seems to be you know put them in a big block of temple guard and. Boom, there you go. You used to have to put them in a temple guard. Now you can put them in with the... Regular Saurus? Yeah. I mean, you can't... Yeah, he would just have to go in the front line. He does not have to go in the temple guard. It used to be he has to go into the temple guard, and now he can leave the unit. So uh, that makes them a lot more viable. Um, that's that's where I've been writing lists for my salon, is to just pop them in the middle of a unit of, like, 30 temple guard, mm-hmm. something like that. Um and that makes and them, uh, they're stubborn already, right? No, he him going in there is what makes, makes him stubborn. stubborn. Okay. okay. Yeah, I believe that's in the um, sacred duty special rule for them. Okay. But uh, on the salon, um, I, I'll usually take the um, the reservoir for the dispel dice to the power dice on a two plus uh, to help generate dice. Um, then I'll take the the three channels. And the uh, lore master high elves, and then the channeling staff. Um, that puts him at about four twenty-five. Um, you start adding the BSB on him; he's four fifty. Right. Uh, you're starting to get at an expensive general. Are you going to put the BSB on him? Well, I'm, I've been kind of back and forth on that. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what I want to do with it yet. Uh, I've always run him with the, as the BSB, so I, I've been kind of writing it that way. And I, I like being able to have the double magic banner combo with the Temple Guard because mm-hmm. uh, you can get some interesting combos that way. But um, with with the chance that they are going to break, even uh, how slim it is on leadership 10 with the leadership banner, right. there's always that chance. And when you break and he dies, it's a very sad day for yeah, the lizard man. Mighty chance, though. Rerollable 10s on 3d6? I don't, I don't know, know the percentage, is, but, but it's near impossible to fail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But when you start getting modifiers on that and stuff, if, if somebody's able to to hit you with a doom and darkness or they've got some other items that that might lower your leadership then you really start to worry about Mm -hmm. whether or not you want to get that block of temple guard into combat and when you're spending that many points on that big of a block you kind of want to be able to do what you want it to do yeah i suppose it's match up dependent but i I certainly like the numbers as they play out uh, on paper (laughs) i guess i didn't read this that closely i didn't realize that the slon can take a be the bsb have it be a magic banner and still take all his other stuff. Oh yeah, he doesn't need anybody else. He he brings the party himself. Yeah, I mean, he can still take all the. Ma- Normally, it's like if you take a magic banner, you can't have magic. I actually says that for the skinks and the scarf, right? But for him, it's like, oh no, he can take whatever he wants. I mean, damn. I mean, it makes sense. You can have your cake and eat it too. Yeah, it totally makes sense. But there's that whole thing you make him the all the eggs, and right? He, right? Yeah, yeah. eggs yeah. in one basket, and he's just one dwellers away from yeah, um, that's <laughs> another example of his had day for the lizard men. He's he's one yeah he's one dwellers away from you losing blood and glory in in mm-hmm. in one you know because you, you're because he would be worth three himself. Yeah, yeah, that's a juicy target for sure. So and well, I mean, since you can, I mean, the scarvets are still 
pretty darn good, I think. So they're not oh, yeah, a bad choice mine. for that. But so we're looking at you're definitely going to have a unless you unless you're trying to run a no a no magic or or a, I guess low magic. I mean, you you could run a light ma- light magic, yeah. Yeah, you could, or just run a lot of beast magic. Just a lot of skink priests with beasts, I suppose, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but I don't think you're going to see that many of those, unless you're getting people who are trying weird fluff builds to to surprise people, or they want to get really good comp scores. <laughs> <laughs> I'm running no slan. Okay, five. Well, it's, it's feasible. So let's, that, that's a good segue, then, into the, the Saurus option, as far as... A fighty lord is concerned. He's 140 points. He's pretty pretty combat equipped. Weapon skill six, strength tough five, three wounds, finish three, five attacks, leader eight. He's not bad. I mean, he's not. He doesn't have the nine that the slan has, but but it's the five attacks. Yeah, it's and oh yeah. and with cold blooded, like I said, I mean, as long as you don't lose by a lot, or if you can get him into a, you get a stubborn crown on this fool. Leadership eight's still pretty good. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's also got the predatory at. fighter and the scaly skin four of. If you give him the shield, a light you know light armor, he's down to two up right there. Oh, he can get a one plus real easy. Oh yeah, without yeah. even really trying. Could yeah, as soon as you mount him, he gets to one or I think one of these. Don't one of these uh, creatures give you a two plus to your armor save? Oh yeah, the cold one. Yeah. Yeah, so the cold one. So you don't even necessarily have to pay for the light armor because you got. Because can you go to a zero now? I thought you couldn't. No, one, is, one is the best that you can right. get. So four shield is three, and the car, and the cold one makes him a one. So, or you could go with the light armor and give him a great weapon. Then he's got strength seven attacks, or maybe a halberd for strength six using his initiative. But he lost a pip of initiative. He went from a four to a three. So, hmm. um, no, well, I'm, I'm not I'm, taking him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that that just kind of um, makes me think about whether you would want a great weapon or a halberd. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you might even just give him a magic weapon anyway, so it wouldn't make a difference. But right. uh, all around, I think he's a he's still a really solid choice. Um, I think so too. I, I just don't know if I would make him my general and base an army around him. Yeah, nowadays yeah, with the 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 meta being what it is and magic being so ubiquitous. Yeah. That's that's the problem is everybody everybody else. Like, listen to me being the champion of going and taking a, a no magic or a low magic list. I, that's so not me. I just I guess I'd like to see I'd, I'd like to see someone try and take a list without a slant in it. I mean I know they're the best thing out there, but I guess fluff wise they come out so rarely. I'd right. like to see like three or four beast skinks just spamming out wild form. And just making your the and making your lizards like psychotic tough and just see I want I'd love to see that played out. I think that's definitely an option. I guess it's an option, but I just, I guess what I just keep hearing because our our review is so late. Mm-hmm. All I keep hearing is you know uh, skink you know skirmishing clouds. skink clouds yeah. six hundred points of skirmishing skinks and a slan and 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 some big monsters. I'd I'd love to see someone take. A couple of old bloods and a bunch of skinks, and see what you can do with, with with an army that literally is coming right out of the fluff that we've been reading in the book this whole time. Mm-hmm. Do True. it, Jeff. <laughs> well, with with this, <laughs> is that directed towards me? Yeah. <laughs> I can't. That's I don't a have the army, so 
Uh, well, I think with this book, it, it definitely makes it a lot more viable. You saw it every once in a while before, but um, with all the monsters and, and how cheap they are in this book, I think you're going to be seeing that a lot more in, in tournaments just for people who want to bring fluffy lists for fun. If you don't take a Carnosaur, you could take two of these Saurus Old Bloods real easily. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, if you had one in a unit of cold ones and maybe one leading a unit of infantry or, or a second unit of cold ones, I mean, they had some serious hitting power. They they pack a punch. And, I mean, they're not super cheap, but they they still hold their weight. Um, yeah, 140 you, points base. I mean, it's not bad. No, no for, not at all. For, uh, not at for all. your general, I mean... Hit it out. He's, what, 240 plus... If you added the Carnosaur, yeah, you're looking at about two, but what about two eighty with the Carnosaur completely kitted out, roughly. I mean, I'm figuring I'm adding in some of the little extra. Oh, with extra, the with the Carnosaur, yeah, Car- with Carnosaur, the Carnosaur, it would be three hundred points naked. Yeah, he's three sixty. No, naked. I'm sorry, not the Carnosaur, the cold, cold one. one. Oh, oh okay. the cold one. Okay. I'm, oh, jeez, whiz. Uh, yeah, you're looking at about two around two eighty. So you could take one on a cold one and one on foot, like you were saying. And you, you're still only hitting around 500 points for two pretty good fighters. I'm throwing this yeah. out there. If anybody's, if anyone's running this, please let us know on the forums or email us or something. I mean, at, at that point, I, I think you would see uh, an old blood as your general if you were seeing a setup like that. But I don't think you would see two just because the the difference in, in points cost and what you get between an old blood and a scar vet. I mean, the scar vets are basically many old bloods they just they they don't have as many wounds um they've got two wounds four attacks and weapon skill five but and initiative two but they're they're 80 points each so for uh, 60 points less well i mean all three of those pips are pretty important i think overall though i'm I'm here once again devil's advocate if i want to run a cloud of skink priests if i want to run three or four or five of those I may want to have those extra points open in my hero slot, so I just take the. True. You know, I mean, it's yeah. Granted, it's sixty points, but it is. I mean, dude, initiative three. I mean, everyone talks about how you know you don't want to get dwellers with this army. Actually, they have the same initiative. I'm sorry, they they both okay. have initiative three. Oh, okay. So it's just what it's just their weapon skill wounds and, and attacks. attacks. Yeah. Well, still, all three of those are good things to have, I guess. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. You know, maybe you could have it. So it seems like everyone's taking the slan. You can't really fit in two anymore, which I think is, <laughs> in my opinion, is a, is a good thing. And like I said, it's, it's just everything we read in the fluff says there's just so few of them, and they don't go out to war nearly as often, you know, unless you actually play the game. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like <laughs> speed tanks. There's only, like, what, like... Twelve in the whole empire. Yeah, there's about 10. yeah. Everybody has. Like them. But you'll see armies where they'll feel two and. Oh yeah, so because everywhere you go, I'll oh, get those out there. We have to defend this. <laughs> right. We have to defend this hut. Get both steam tanks <laughs> right. out there. But uh, so the slam mage priest gets it. But I think I, I just mean I want to. Makes me almost want to build an army just to go out and play the. I'm just taking lots of slan. I mean, I'm taking lots of lots of swords and a couple of old bloods and then some skinks. Yeah, not, there, there could be something to it. I'm not buying a whole army just so I could run the, the dumb list. Well, that's why, <laughs> that's why we have Jeff. Jeff that's will be our Jeff, experiment. Yeah, Jeff, you oh, run this thanks. stuff. You report on it. <laughs> the honor is bestowed upon there me. There you go. <laughs> I'm coming in last at the Circle City Circuit. Thanks a lot, you <laughs> idiots, for making me do this. 
Well, there's our two lords. Why don't we take a quick break? Yeah, and, and when we'll we jump come back, heroes. we'll jump into heroes. Sounds good. Sounds good. Hey guys, if you're the type of person who would rather have oral surgery than put a brush to a model, then let me suggest Guild Painting Services. They're a professional painting service that pride themselves on having customer interaction like going to a local commissioned painter, but having the quality and speed of a large studio. They build, paint, and convert miniatures for all game systems. They're competitively priced, and if you want to talk quality, go to guildpainting.com and check out the quality of the miniatures that they've got on display. If you're a person who likes to have a beautifully painted army on the table but doesn't have either the time, desire, or ability to bring it to that standard, you can trust your models to the guys at Guild Painting Services at guildpainting.com. You'll be glad you checked them out. Brian Steele, creative director of Dark Age Games and editor-in-chief of Ravage Magazine U.S., wants the Garage Hammer fans to head on over to CoolMiniOrNots.com and find some of the best games and miniature artistry assets the industry has to offer. From professional painting DVDs, art supplies, and a variety of amazing miniatures, from an assortment of different companies, whether you're adding to your own army or starting up a new game like Dark Age, Cool Mini or Not has what you need. with heroes yes lizard man heroes so we, should we start with the skink priest well hold on let me oh. i just want to check something real quick so What's before up? oh so they've got one two five characters they've got a lot of special characters in this book like i hope we have time to get back to them at the end if not we can certainly come around and revisit them yes because we've done the that segment before. All, yeah, yeah not to their own they already got that whole show of special characters and then they come up with a new book and mess up things i know right but they do seem to have, well, they have three choices now <laughs> instead of two in the hero slots. So, yeah. Yeah, talk about versatile. So the Skink Priest, he's 65 points. He can be upgraded to a level two for 35 points. He has various mount options. Uh, he's aquatic, arcane vassal, which I think means the Slon can cast spells through him. Is that right? Correct, yeah. Cold-blooded, scaly skin. So they got the six up. Now the skinks did get the six up scaly skin, which you could poo poo all you want, but hey, I it's, see, a, it's, it's better it's than a poke in the eye. Exactly. Right. I mean, I'll take that any day because you can get a whole bunch of cool stuff with it. And David, you alluded to this before. He can take heavens or now lore of beasts, which is huge, and it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that's money. Well, and it, I mean, he's yeah, he's leading. I mean, how many times does it say that the skinks are leading the armies out there? The skinks are. Uh, you know, they're the ones who are hurting. I mean, we went through that whole thing about the, the uh, what was it, the um, predatory fighter, where mm-hmm. the skinks are the ones sort of reining it all in and, and directing it. So to let them 
to have them have beasts, I think, is great. And they're dirt cheap, 100 points for your for hero level, level two, two wizard. Yeah. Actually, wait, that's my necromancer's got the same thing. They do only have a weapon skill of two. Well, you talk and about the lore, of, the, the lore of beasts. So there's that one spell where you can augment all characters to give them plus three attacks, plus three strength. If you got a couple of old blood running around, that just turns them into offensive beasts. Oh, oh God, yeah. Yeah. yeah plus three strength, plus three attacks. I yeah. believe that's Savage Beast of Horrors. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then you're looking at eight attacks at strength eight for one of those dudes. <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of mileage in that. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's, I mean, that's why I'm saying if you can get, you know, a couple of two, three of these, the only problem is for all your, for all your bonuses, you're not getting the extra three channeling dice. You're not getting, um, so you're not getting that, and you're still only you're casting at a, that negative two. The whole issue that we talked about with um, the lore master of Hoeth only having being a level two, I think with so many people taking level fours, even if you've got a bunch of level twos, right, you're throwing a lot more dice to make sure that you're not getting dispelled. True, but uh, that's only if you're not taking. A slan. I'm still, I'm still thinking the no slan list. How it can make it work? Um, Even um, uh, you know, wild form on your lowly um, source warriors. That that it goes. They go. From oh strength yeah, strength five, four. tough five. Yeah, that, that's, that makes that's them a super change. good. Yeah, and if you were able to combine that with the the hand of glory up there, their mm-hmm. weapons go a little bit, so they're they're hitting a little better. Then that's an awesome combination. So they're hitting a little faster too. And th- those guys have two attacks. A piece. Oh yeah. So, and I think really the skink priest is where you're going to see that that skink tax being paid um, for to to keep your units from um, the predatory fighter. Right, yeah. Quick question: You can still put these guys on an ancient steg, okay? Um, now, I'm just the didn't the ancient steg didn't that have was that the one. I knew one of the big monsters had the whole crew, you know, because if you shoot it with a cannonball, it hits everything. Mm-hmm. Is this mm-hmm. the one that goes ping, ping, ping between all the little... Or uh, as, as I understand it, it would only randomize between the skink priest and the beast now, because I think the stegodon has the... It's just treated as the single model. Okay, good. So it's not like before where you had a bunch of... Cr- was that, no, was it, that, it's was, not the, was that <laughs> the, the pinball that, machine. Was that the steg that had that? Am I... Thinking about oh, that yeah, correctly, yeah. it was the yeah, because it hit every part of the model, and the crew is considered separate. So it would basically just annihilate the entire crew and possibly kill the beasts as well. Okay, so now, but but it, that skink priest would still be counted as separate. So do, do you ever put him on a? I don't. I don't think you do because it doesn't give him any benefit anymore. Um, the the engine has the powers that work all the time, and all he would really get is a uh, plus one armor save for being mounted. So he'd have a five plus. Um, so I don't think it's really worth putting him on top, unless you really love Stegodons and want to get another one in there in your hero slots. Yeah, that's yeah. when you leave him a level one and don't give him anything. You right. just put him on there just to have him on the on the beast. But okay. Oh wait, did you used to? Own, I'm, I'm sorry, Jeff. Did you used to only be able to get the engine of the gods if you had a skink priest on it? Correct. Yeah. Now that it's moved to the rare slots, I, I, I'm not sure how often you'll see the the engine of the gods. I mean, if people are probably going to take the stegodon, they'll probably see the the skink chief because he can get a decent armor save and actually do a little bit of damage output. Oh, but now you can still get an engine of the gods without putting the priest on it, though, right? 
Correct. Yes. Right. Oh, okay. So now, well, I mean, it just it gives you more options. That's what I was double checking. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you guys see a lot of people still taking the Lore of Heavens, or is that kind I, of being thrown? I don't by know. I mean, the signature spell is so awesome, and it's it's relatively cheap. So even getting it off on a level one is going to be fairly easy. Um, it's the negative one to hit and negative one four yeah. up on War Machine shooting. I think it is. Yeah, yeah, and and then negative one leadership as well. Uh, um, right. Yeah, on a seven plus. So even on on a level one, you'd only need a six, right. as opposed to the um, the beast, which goes off on a ten. So your uh, kind of work in progress lizardman lists. I- I'm thinking you might get a lot of mileage out of two skink priests, one on beast, one on heavens. That's exactly how I have it written okay. up. I have a level two on beasts and a level one on heavens, and I haven't really decided how to kit them out. But right now, I've just got one with the dispel and one with the cube. Okay, nice. Makes sense. Yeah, sounds pretty good. Um, so what do we got next? The scar vet? Or oh, you want to do the skink chief? I mean, I know we're not going in order, but yeah, that's fine. Order the chief. Now the skink chief, like he's tough. I'm just looking at him going, wait a minute. I, I passed him over the first time I looked at him, but after taking a closer look, I mean, he he got a lot cheaper. He used to be 55 points, so he dropped 15 points down to 40. Um, that makes him cheap enough where you can kit him out a little bit. And, I mean, even if you just took him naked, naked that's a 40-point redirector right there if you use him right with movement six. Yeah, and, I'm looking at his stats. He's got weapon skill four, ballistic skill five. He's got strength four, toughness three, two wounds, six initiative. Three attacks. He's better than a lot of. I mean, <laughs> he's he's comparable to a, an empire captain. Yeah. Now, what uh, really jumped out to me with this guy is his mount options. You can take him on a pterodon or ripperdactyl, which, if, correct me if I'm wrong, are fast cavalry options. Correct. Yes. So you can put this guy uh, on a fast cavalry mount, vanguard and him, zip him out there real yeah, quick. Give him yeah. Fifty points of, of kit. So he's kind of like that goblin wolf rider hero. We can give him a two up ward save against flaming, send him out against a Kadai or whatever, give him that fear causing sword so he's not susceptible to fear or terror as much. Uh, so I, I see this guy as being kind of your toolkit person. He can go war machine hunting, that sort of thing. Yeah, he, he's another Swiss Army knife in the in the Lizardman army, and I think you are going to start seeing a lot of these guys. Um, I'm not sure what kind of mount will be favorable. I guess it depends on player. Um, right. I'd probably put him on a pterodon just I to make would. sure he, yeah. he doesn't have to zip off right. for the frenzy. Yeah, if you've got him for a defined role, you need to make sure he can do that and not go frenzying off. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's my next question. Yep. And I just, like I said, I apologize for having all these questions, but I figure if I don't know it, just off of going through the book a couple times, maybe <laughs> no, somebody else doesn't know it. Um, put them on a pterodon or a ripperdactyl. Can they be in a unit of pterodons and ripperdactyls? I keep hearing people saying they can't or something like that. I, That's I still a can. gray area. I mean, I, 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 I mean, Why, what's the logic? What's the argument that you cannot? Because it doesn't say specifically that you can. In the previous book, it was specifically written that they were able to join units of pterodons. Um, is that, that is that, that question monsters uh, have specific? Uh, yeah, it's guess, flying models. Uh, I oh, believe models. Uh, okay. characters can't join units that have the fly special rule. 
Oh, is that what it is? Because yeah, because I, I was looking through the book. I heard it today. In fact, I heard Domus talking about it with Johnny, and I'm going, where where does it? I mean, it doesn't say that you. It doesn't say that you can, but I didn't realize. I didn't know where it said you couldn't. And I that, think, that I think right. Jeff is right. I, I think they yeah, yeah, that's in the BRB. Yeah. Okay, that's what I missed. And I, I think it was just an oversight on the author's part. I think they are intended to be able to join that. I mean, one of the special characters, their special rule is uh, unit or models in his unit use his special or his weapon skill, and I don't understand. Why oh, people are arguing happen. that you right. want to be able to put him in the unit that he would take with him, but huh. because it's not specifically defined in the book, then it's still considered a gray area. Yeah, if they don't address it in this army book, it's one thing if they actually address it, and then it would override the BRB. But if they don't actually mm-hmm. say it, it's, uh, yeah, it's hard yeah, to take that. That's stance. what he said today. Was he's like he used to say you could, and now it doesn't. So there, people are waiting for an FAQ, hoping that there was just something that they missed. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I didn't. I, that's, I, that's I wanted to ask because I didn't realize even where. Even then, the, I I don't know that I would put him in a unit. I I would put him on his own and vanguard him and have him go off and make trouble. Yeah, that's probably how I would take him as well. But just being able to maybe even stick him close to the unit so he might get some lookout service, sure. or if you wanted to give him some more protection, just stick him in the unit, and you might be able to give that unit like if you put him on a ripper dactyl and put him in a unit of three or four ripper dactyls. He, he could add some serious punch to that unit and maybe swing some combats. Sure. Yeah, I was thinking more of a safety from from shooting until you got where you want to go. Then you can just fly him out if you need to. And he does have the leadership six, and the Ripperdactyls have a five. So having that extra leadership would definitely help that yeah, unit. It helps. Yeah, that's true. So I kind of like this guy. I, mean, I, I like him, too. He was a standout. Yeah, you know, yeah I, I really like him. Right away. You guys want to talk Scarvet? Why not? And these guys are even more money. They got five points cheaper, and they got a lot better. Um, They got the predatory predatory fighter, so they get the extra attack. Scaly skin five up. So these guys, they're the five up. You give them light armor, shield, cold one, and they're at, uh, well, you don't, once again, you don't need to. Five, four. Yeah, one up armor save. Scaly skin five, light armor, shield, cold one. There, so for a hundred and what is it, one hundred and ten points plus magic items, you've got a one-up armor save. See, uh, with that loadout, I'd immediately give him the plus one strength sword. So then he's at four attacks at strength six. So oh, yeah. eighty points, like eighty plus a hundred. There are an infinite number of combinations you can do with this guy. Um, The Cowboys were pretty much a one plus in in the previous army list because they were so versatile. And I'm pretty sure that you're going to continue to see them in the new army lists as well. And did the cold ones themselves get better? Yeah, they have two attacks now. Oh, great. (laughs) (laughs) Two attacks at weapon skill three, strike four. Yeah, that is pretty good. So, yeah, this guy on top of that. Yeah, you're talking six attacks. From that one model. That's not bad. And one of my favorite ways to run them is to stick a stubborn crown on them, stick them into some tough three, strength three, strength four troops, and just hold up an entire block for the whole game. Chop away. Yeah. Jeez. And I actually ran down a, a unit of skeletons one time on a fluke doing that. <laughs> like you ground them down to nothing? <laughs> Yeah, I, well, I beat him by one on on combat res, and he happened to fail his uh, leadership check, and he wasn't near his BSB, so he ran, and I was on a cold one, so Wait, I had skeletons? swift stride. Must be something else, not skeletons. Because skeletons would just crumble. Yeah, skeletons don't run. 
Oh yeah, I, it wasn't skeletons, and I'm sorry, I'm not sure what. <laughs> some skeletons, really? <laughs> the games get confused. That's sometimes. a miracle. <laughs> Those are some really scared skeletons. Uh, okay, so that's heroes in a nutshell. So, yeah, if you're taking it, wow, there's just so many options. You could take a a couple, two, three of these scar vets and just just pile on the the punch. Yeah, I mean, you can stick them in a unit. You can stick them on cold ones, run them by themselves. And they're they're super versatile, and they're the can openers. I mean, if you've got some monstrous cab that that needs some strength seven love, he can he can deliver. Yeah, or you can, like I said, you can have a skink priest. Just you know, you could take actually several of these. If you weren't running too many scarvets, you could easily run three or four skink priests and just be spamming out. Your your couple of spells, making sure that you can shove it through, even if they dispel it. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd go for the kind of all comers list and take a little of each. Yeah, you could yeah. sprinkle them out. You love to take those cheap character redirector. Who you me? Know, yeah. Well, my goblins. Yeah. yeah. And then if it, if and you went right to this, man, you could take the skink chief in the exact same role. Yeah, he, that that character and that build is just, I mean, so good. There's so many mm-hmm. things that you can do. You know, for, for not having too many options, there's a lot of versatility here. Like, more than I think I saw when I was just looking at the list myself. Well, in their lords and heroes, versatility, I would agree with you. Maybe, and Jeff, I think you'll agree with me, too. Their core may be somewhat limiting. Well, geez, the core sucks. I mean, <laughs> the only person who has worse core is that is that is that the the army that just has nothing but zombies and, and skeletons and, <laughs> and no armor saves and a bunch of crap, but... At least we have four options. They've got two. So, I mean, it's just crazy. But well, I th- uh, technically they have three, right? Source Warriors, Skink And cohorts, two flavors of Skinks. Right. And then the Skink Skirmishers. Oh, yeah. Oh, and that's right, because you could throw in the Croxagore, which apparently nobody's doing. So we can count that if we want as a fourth option. That might be a good segue into the core units. Yeah. So. Yep. I guess we'll. Uh, it's. I guess it's time for our next break. We'll jump out and come back with core. The ancient Croxagor, known as Nakai the Wanderer, is a revered creature, regarded by skink priests as a powerful jungle spirit made manifest. Nakai is a mighty protector of the Lizardmen and can appear anywhere during times of need. He famously appeared at the defense of Itza, wreaked havoc at the Red Fields, and was recently reported at the Great Reckoning. His presence is a tangible portent that a battle of great import is about to take place. In the aftermath of such major events, the skink priests treat Nakai with deference, adorning his massive, battle-scarred body with ceremonial tokens. Over the millennia of victories, Nakai has become quite festooned with such golden tributes. (laughs) 
Welcome back, you tools. We are here with our core units running through this Lizard Man review. So um, I, I was really expecting some changes to the core, something that was going to give this a little more flavor. Like what? I don't know. A new I, Honestly, I was thinking with all the changes that you saw with high elves and things, I was thinking you might see a new unit or just something... I mean, I know you read the book, and it's like it's pretty much Slan, Soros, Skinks, and Crocs, and that's right. that's that's it. So, based on what the fluff said, that's all you're going to get. But well, you know, based on your Skink cohort options, Croxagore are technically now core. So there you go. They can be, but I think in in the cohort unit, they're not nearly as good as they used to be because you can attack the Croc score now, and a lot of units are going to be able to take them out before their damage is able to be done. Right. And I guess with the uh, with the rules that you can add them, they're still counted as infantry or something like that, or monstrous infantry. Whereas before, the because it was a mixed unit, it was unique. Correct. Oh, and yeah, was, and it wasn't able uh, to be stomped, you or stomp you kind because it's unique. But now it's you couldn't cast like dreaded thirteenth on it. Oh, yeah. So, so that change, that definitely hurts them quite a bit. Yeah, it's really yeah. susceptible to everything. I mean, it just got worse and worse. That's too bad because that's that's a very interesting it, looking unit. It was one of my favorite units. It was one of those units that required a whole lot of finesse and and the the right matchup. They used to excel at killing monsters, but now, now I, I mean, mean completely unusable. Well, I'm thinking you're looking at, like, skink darts where you're taking a unit of uh, the minimum skinks. You need to take eight so you can take a crocs. So that's going to be 90 points for eight skinks and a croxagore. Mm-hmm. And you might see those to maybe go and try and character assassinate or maybe try and take out small units of chaff. I think they would be able to do that pretty good. Okay. Um, but ultimately, I, I think... It, this book brought the the death of the Scrox unit, uh, as at least as we used to see them. Huh. Um, I, I wasn't too keen on the cohorts at first, but Dave actually gave me a good idea of kind of using them like blocks of slaves, and and you can get a block of fifty of them for about two seventy, two eighty if you want full command, or a, a block of forty of them for two twenty, and you can just use those like slave blocks, and they'll stick around for a while. They've got the the six plus save, which is probably going to be negated, but then you've got the six plus parry as well. Right. And I mean, uh, I would probably want to run them five wide, uh, sure, but if, if you ran them as a horde, you could get 20 shots in. I mean, you could move them up, you could move up six, get 20 poison shots in. Then when they charge you, you get an additional 20 poison shots. And then maybe after that, try and reform. So you've got more ranks. So you're, you're still steadfast, but, um, I'm glad that I could inspire your army build, but that's what I was thinking, too, actually. I mean, really, at five points apiece, they've got similar but not the same stats to skeletons. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the skeletons have... Yeah, skeletons, I think, have the toughness three, but they've got, like, the weapon skill the two, you know. These guys have weapon skill two as well, so... But their initiative is really good, though. Yeah. Four. The yeah, toughness... Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, the initiative four is what I think is really going to help them. If you're, I mean, if you're able to get a, a wild form off on them, then they can really start doing some damage. Uh, but I, I don't know that the initiative is going to come into play a whole lot because they're weapon skill two, the tough big, two, strength three troops. Yeah. Right. The big problem is you gotta, you almost have to put a skink chief in there with them 
because even if they're steadfast, steadfast on a five. Well, I, that, I think that assumes you'd be in range of the, the Slon, BSB, whatever. Well, range. but if you're keeping them out on the flanks, using them in to slow things down and to use as a horde, as, as we were saying yesterday, then they're not in that range. If you're going to put them on the flanks, then you've got to put a skink chief in there. You know, they're... <laughs> Just At that point, I'd almost – the other advantage of the Croc score is it gives him leadership seven, but I just – I'm not sure how long he'd be able to stick around. Right. Uh, he, it that, might be so good to pop to him in there just for panic texts or, right. uh, tests or something like that, but um, yeah, I don't know. You, you, it, running it like you're suggesting, Dave, you would have to put a, a, a cheap skink chief in there just to get the, the pump and leadership. Well, and he's 40, and if you can sort of try to keep him out of harm's way or just keep him off to the side or something, I mean, he's cheaper than the 50-point Crocs that people yeah. are just going to attack anyway. Um, now, the uh, how does the rule work with the uh, – so let's go over that spawn kin rule because that's the whole thing when you're bringing the, in the mixed units. And they used to have like a whole page with the little diagrams and pictures of how you could put them in units and – how you took models off and stuff like that because you used to just pull from the front, mm-hmm. not from the back. But so the, let's see. Let's, Crocscore must be in the second rank. Um, when deploying or reforming, the width of the unit's front rank cannot be less than that if it's second rank. Uh, if no more Crocscore can fit in the second rank, put the rents in the subsequent ranks. So basically they uh, – let's see – if the unit's front rank is ever reduced so that its width is less than the width of the second rank, a crocker must immediately move to the front rank. I don't know how that would actually happen necessarily, unless you're just killing so many skinks that you just run out yeah, of Yeah, that's basically to... what happens. Or if you're running it as a narrow unit, that gives you the rules for when the croc score have to be put up front. Um, but it, I, I really like the old book because the, the diagrams were so clear and it left nothing to question. Um, yeah. Now, I guess now there's a question over the rules and the rules wording here, which I thought was really obvious until someone pointed out it depends on if you decide, you know, your definition of words like only. (laughs) But it says, unless otherwise stated, close combat attacks can only target Croxagore within a mixed unit if an enemy model is either in base contact with a Croxagore or if an enemy model is in base contact with a Skink who is in base contact with a Croxagore. Uh, stomps and thunder stops are always gone against the skinks. Uh, so at least you can't thunder stomp or stomp because they're monstrous infantry, but you can right. stomp the unit. Missile and impact hits against skink whole cohorts that contain one or more crocs are randomized. Uh, if a mixed unit of five or more models is hit by a bolt thrower, the shots always hit the closest non-character models to the bolt thrower. If that results in a casualty result, it hits the next model in the path. So bolt throwers and stuff will hit will hit the crocs. Uh, casualties go off the rear. Skink models that are in base contact with a friendly co- croxagore have the fear special. So rule. what's the question? It seems pretty clear. Well, it was the very first sentence. When you read this, I, mean, I guess I took it as if you're in base contact with a skink that's in base contact with a croxagore, you can attack the croxagore. Sure, that's what I thought. Okay. That's how I read it Let me read it again. Because listen to the tone in this. What I first said was, unless otherwise stated, close combat attacks can only only target a croxagore in a mixed unit if the enemy model's in base contact with croxagore. Now, unless otherwise stated, close combat attacks can only target croxagore if the enemy model is in contact with a skink or a crocsword. Meaning, 
not, it's not saying you can only attack them if you're touching the skink. Like, you have to touch the skink to be able to attack it. That's how we're interpreting it. Mm-hmm. Some people are interpreting it saying if you, you have to attack the croxagore first. You can only attack the croxagore if you're in base contact with the skinks. As a you see, you see the difference in. Oh, the, I see. Right. I'm not saying you can only do it if you're in touch with them. You can only you do it to, as your only option. You can only do it. Which I don't doesn't make any sense to me. Based on everything else here, says you have to go after the skinks first. Well, typically that would be your preferred target anyway, wouldn't it? Exactly, and I mean, I, I unless, think it's unless you just want to go for combat res. These things are bigger and tougher. If I'm hitting it with skeletons that are strength three, I may just want to try to kill skinks sure, and get combat right, yeah, res. I can see that. Then go after the crocs, or I'm going to need a what are they toughness five, four or four? Yeah, I'm going to need fives to wound, or if you got something that you know they're arguing is that you have to attack it you have no option but to attack it which i i don't i don't read it that yeah, way i don't read it that way either but yeah and I, I don't think that's the way I, I think it was just kind of poorly poorly, poorly worded so we're going it'll be cleared up in the faq i predict <laughs> that it will be that you can attack where, either or where did you see that argument uh, I dude, I remember when the the day the book came out we were coming back from vacation in rhinelander we were driving home and uh, we had stopped over somewhere to eat, and I was going down Twitter, and that was one of the things. Already needs an FAQ for these guys, and they were already arguing, and I saw it on Twitter, and I heard I heard on one of the podcasts someone someone talking uh, about it, which one it meant. But uh, Interesting. I'm predicting that it means you can attack them if you want to, but you have to be in base contact with the skink. You have the option. So your second rank can't attack their second rank, I'm also assuming then, because your second rank would not be in base contact with a skink. Am I correct? Or is your second rank considered to be in base-to-base with whatever the first rank is in base-to-base with? Option B, I would think. That's what I remember reading it as, is they would be able to attack whatever the people in front of them would be able to attack. Okay, so you have the options. I mean, like I said, I don't know why you wouldn't want to attack the the Kroxagore. Well, like you said, it's yeah, like with the situation. I mean, for, the, I mean, for the most part, you'd want to attack them, but I, I think that I don't think this rule is saying that you have to absolutely attack the Kroxagore. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. So, I mean, the only way you wouldn't is if they had, if they were, uh, you know, if you had a couple deep on the on the sides and you hit the flank, or if you hit the rear. But so, let's talk about skink skirmishers. These things used to be the bane of my existence. There's also one one important change on the skink cohort. What's that? Uh, they for two points, you can also give them poison attacks. Oh, so now they're up to seven. But then, <laughs> and I think uh, we'll just real quick. I think that's just throwing good points after bad. I don't <laughs> think it's worth it at all. Okay. <laughs> So, but we got to move right along. So. Skink skirmishers. <laughs> but there's other things that that uh, poisoned attacks cost a lot more than two points. So, I mean, yeah, true. It, it starts to become more useful against higher toughness enemies, but usually those enemies with higher toughness are going to be able to shred that unit to right. pieces anyway. Or and they're going to have any, an armor save that they couldn't care less if you got through with an extra wound. Yeah, and and then anything that you'd be able to do with that poison in combat, you'd likely be able to do better with just some skink skirmishers with with blowpipes or javelins. So we're going to skip that. Now, real... um, Okay, and they are hand weapon, javelin, shield. So they got javelins, they're hand weapon, shield. So they got a five up, six up. So that that is an improvement, though, right? Am I correct on that? 
Oh, uh, correct. Yeah, they got the scaly skin. They had the shields last time with the javelins, but you had to pay a point for that. Um, when you were paying the extra point last book, that was enough to make me not really want to spend those extra points. But in this book, it's free to switch between the blowpipes and the javelins. So um, I think you're going to be seeing a lot more javelins because they do fit a, a, a better role for killing their chaff because they do have that better save or they might even be able to take out a unit of light cavalry if you get lucky. Oh, okay, um, we're talking about the skirmishers. I was still talking about the cohorts. I apologize. Oh, my bad. I was looking around. I'm uh, just well, all over the place. But, you know, look, both. looking at these cohorts, I'm, I, ha- I have trouble filling, seeing what role they play exactly. Uh, you, you talked about uh, having five wide and going for ranks. Yeah, if you're going to use them kind of like slaves, or if you're looking for some cheap ways to get banners for blood and gore, you, you can take, um, I don't know, 10 to 15 of them with the standard just to get right, that extra right. fortitude. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, I, I want to go on record as, as saying I, the... Uh, you know, the idea of having them kind of deep, you know, like I mentioned, having them being in a water. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, as I said last episode, you know, if you get some water terrain out mm-hmm. on the sides, you can get them in there and they become steadfast and it's harder to hit them and mm-hmm. shoot at them and stuff like that. I'm not. I am not advocating that is a good build. <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a an use. option. Yeah, right. It's but a no, use. I, I agree. This is a. I mean, you look at this and you see why people are just saying lots of skink skirmish cloud because yeah, because yeah, they're the, the obvious the, choice. The in skirmishers court. are yeah harder to shoot. And well, yeah, skirmish automatically gets a minus one to shoot, so you don't have to worry about putting them in a water feature. Although, if these guys, if the skirmishers get in a water feature, it's minus two to hit for shooting, right? Mm-hmm. That just makes them so much better. Wow. Mm. Yeah, but you know what? If the, yeah, I, oh, okay. Let's just move on to skirmishers because I can't even think. <laughs> I'm trying to be all rose-colored glasses with these <laughs> with cohorts. I, mean, I, I, I completely wrote, wrote off the cohort before you suggested using the blocks of them like that. So I mean, as far as I was concerned, there were really only two choices in core anymore. But I might try to to use those big blocks of skinks as as slaves, like you suggested, just to see if it works. But I mean, you can't go wrong with clouds of skinks. There, there's yeah. just nothing bad about skinks. Skirmishers, Even except so. maybe the leadership. But well, and like right. I said, if I and if if I had the water features on the board, like if we're playing a friendly game and I knew we were picking our own terrain and I could put out some water, I could see taking even units of maybe fifteen or twenty of those skinks in a cohort just for they're going to be steadfast. They're going to have the minus one to hit, and you can hold stuff up if you run them through because mm-hmm. you're either going to sit there in the water and no one's going to want to jump at you because you're going to hold them up a bit or they're going to jump at you and it's going to take a couple turns. It's still, it still it could work as a roadblock. Mm-hmm. So if you're going skink skirmishers, then you're, the, the t- type of army that you're going to be fielding is uh, something that's going to be kind of formless and, and fleeing combats and shooting you. And Is that, is that the idea? Yeah, I mean, poison is part of the bread and butter of the Lizardman book. Uh, if you're able to poison your enemy units down, then you get to charge in your your blocks or your monsters when and where you want. I mean, with the skirmishers, you just you're able to uh, control the board a lot more than you would with blocks of of troops. I mean, if, if you were to have six to eight units of skink skirmishers on the board, you're 
you're basically controlling the movement on the board. The one of the drawbacks, though, is uh, your skink skirmishers cannot take a banner. That hurts them quite a bit. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, unless you're one of those places that don't play Blood and Glory, if you just keep playing straight battle line. Yeah, but where is that? That place doesn't exist, does it? It, it exists outside the Midwest, but then again, the Midwest does have the best gaming stuff. <laughs> we know, hey, we know how to play. Warhammer. That is very true, Dave. It is very true, straight out of the book. Hey, I keep saying, people who need to comp it, hey, if you can't win the game straight out of the book, you're not as good of a player as you think you are. I guess so. There you go. <laughs> Gonna throw that, that like down and offend the whole rest of the planet. <laughs> Them's his fighting words. Uh, they sure are. So let's stick to lizard man. Guy wins one tournament and thinks he can throw down against the whole planet. That's me. <laughs> when I look at skink skirmishers, I agree with you, Jeff. The maneuverability and the poison, but I wonder if these guys can really pull their weight in terms of what they can do and how much they can weather and points that they can claim. I, I just don't know. Yeah. Well. I'll usually lose a couple of units of skink skirmishers throughout the game, but they're only 70 points each. I mean, one of the the most frustrating parts of playing Lizardmen is at the end of the game, you've killed like 100 models in my army, but you're only getting 400 points for that. So I know that it, feeling. That's awesome when you're on the when you're on the play inside of that. Yeah, you're like you're counting it up, and and you you tell them how much it is, and they're like, "What? Are you sure? Can, can you double check that for me?" <laughs> I killed three hundred zombies this game. How many points did I get? One hundred fifty. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> All that works for nothing. But I mean, as far as raw killing power, they don't have the raw killing power. But if you've got monsters, they're going to take out your monsters. If you've got blocks with light armor saves, they're going to be taking out um, hopefully a rank or two before your blocks are going to be getting into them. Right. Or uh, you or got something that needs redirecting, yeah. they can redirect. And or or it's a race to for these guys to take out all of your enemies' uh, support units. Mm-hmm. Their their redirectors, uh, their fast cav, that sort of thing. I mean, most of the time they're going to be hitting on sixes regardless, but when that six is a poison, uh, it, yeah, it, it it, it's worth its weight. David, as a VC player, do these what 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 threats um, do these pose to you? I'll tell you where I hate these guys, because the only way I see these guys working super effectively, mm-hmm. although I guess, is, is the whole double flea. Mm-hmm. Because you've got just swarm after swarm. I guess the problem is they need to be close to something so that they don't panic. Because if you flee through them, do, don't they have to take a panic right, check? Yeah, yeah. yeah, and at leadership five, that'll be a problem yeah, unless you're even within your BSB. Oh. Yeah, if you're near your BSB or you've got someone like that, I'm just that whole. I mean, I just. Every time I see little tiny units of 10 skirmishers, I don't worry that much about them. Especially like this, because I've always just gone and said, okay. My spirit host is chasing after those guys. Um, yeah, just and, and that's the thing is the problem with the skirmishers is you have to take care of them. If you don't take care of them, then they're just going to muck up your plans. Right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they're all over, and they're – it's just – like you said, it's, it's that poisoned attacks. It's the constant shooting and harassing and running and double fleeing and – the only, I mean, it's just it's going to keep you from getting to the stuff you need to get to to get some points. Mm-hmm. You know, with especially with my army, I need the chocolatey center. Yeah, right. I need to get in there and start fighting. That's why I'm Van Helsing and running forward and and doing this. And suddenly, I can only move forward six inches because I'm going to have a failed charge. 
and my army's moving forward the big the highest d6 so sometimes i'm moving forward three inches and my army's moving forward and you're like that's fine i'll never face against anything i don't want to so mm-hmm. that's i mean seriously you said there are what about 70 points a piece which means you could fit 600 minimum you can fit nine units for like 630 so you got nine of these things just blocking up my whole game for the first two or three rounds. and Yeah, who needs fast cav when you have 70-point skirmish units running around? Exactly. Exactly. You, you, could, you could make it a non-game. You can just basically say, I'm not going to let you play. I will shoot, 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 take a few points off you. And, uh, and then when the time is right, you'll I'll set up a charge so I can get my units in your flank or, you know, whatever. It's as bad as any just all war machine heavy gun line army if it, it can be I, in my opinion just because they're just sitting there just shooting at you with poison shots and not letting you fight so what are some good counters for the skink cloud army what are you most afraid of jeff if you were to feel the skink cloud type list um well i mean magic missiles will clear them out pretty quick yeah. um i mean you'll have to sacrifice them to a charge but if anything charges them they're gonna die mm-hmm. um Anything that's area effect, like the Mortis engine, will get rid of them pretty right. quick. Uh, the the old engine of the gods that was really good at clearing any sort of uh, skirmishing chaff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Template-based artillery, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, re- really, just about anything. If anything touches them, they're going <laughs> to die. But <laughs> it, it's a matter of, of what they'll be. You, you're spending resources on a 70-point unit of skinks, and I'm steadily advancing with my my heavy hitting troops that are hopefully going to get where they need to go to win the game uh, but specifically uh, definitely magic missiles or anything that doesn't have to roll um, to shoot to with hit. ballistic yep. skill what about you Chris what are you taking against a skink cloud with your high elves uh, well I mentioned this before but uh, that, that one vortex spell um, I forget what it's called the, the, the big pie template that you lay right. down uh, I never saw a use for that, but uh, you know, with all these skink clouds and then coming back into the fray, a strength three big pie template that scatters only d6 is probably it's with this many skinks is probably going to hit something. And then on top of that, it it inflicts a minus one to hit, so their poison is going to be that much harder to attain. Oh yeah. So I, I definitely see that. Uh, you know, the dragon mage I think gets some viable targets because he's going to be throwing magic missiles left, right, and center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I if I if I actually took a terror geist, I could see the scream just being like deleting units because it's over. It goes on the leadership. So yeah, I, I don't know if you want to be devoting the terror geist screams to skink. Clouds, if I can't though. get around it because they're all over the place, I'm just right. saying to yeah. clear out a path if it needs be. True. True. Yes, granted, it's a waste of, of a big power. <laughs> but uh, if I can't get through anything, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, make a make a little clear lane for your other stuff. Yeah. So, so do you guys want to talk about Source Warriors, kind of the bread and butter of many Lizardmen lists? Yeah, let's do that because I keep thinking I, God, they look so good, and everyone keeps telling me they're not. <laughs> I, I don't know. I. And- there, any any Lizardman player who's been playing the army for an appreciable amount of time is going to quickly recognize their shortcomings, and that's going to be weapon skill three and initiative one. And they certainly look good on paper, mm-hmm. but when you're only hitting 50% of the time and you don't have any any options except for spears to give you the extra rank of attacks. But, I mean, mm-hmm. if you could take halberds on these guys and give them strength five or maybe even give them an extra weapon to, to give them the bulk of attacks, I, I think that 
would be a, a nice change to the book. But the, the thing about the Warriors anymore is for three extra points, you can get Temple Guard, which have a better weapon skill, uh, a better uh, armor save, and a better strength. And a better initiative by one. And a better initiative, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I can see. Yeah, I can see that. Unless you just want to take a Soros heavy unit, if you don't want to play Skinks, I suppose you could just you could go with it. I don't mm-hmm. know. You know, I look at the Soros strength four, toughness four. I mean, that's that's pretty decent. Yeah, but they're they're eleven points, so the units get pricey pretty quick. If you are going to take them, you'll probably want to take them in a big block of. Um, I don't know. I, I think even twenty would be a little too small because they do kind of die in droves they, they've only got the the four plus save which isn't mm-hmm. bad right. but when you're on weapon skill three uh, a lot of stuff is going to be hitting you on fours and and then anything that's weapon skill four is just going to be hitting you on the threes, threes right. and usually that stuff that's weapon skill four it's going to have a halberd for strength five right. or or strength four or whatever and so you, you they can't just, count on these guys for offense and you can't really count them uh, on them for defense is that why they're kind of put by the wayside I think you summed it up quite nicely. Okay. Well, you kind of convinced Yeah, I guess you kind of convinced me. But they're I not guess... very good at offense, and they're not very good at defense. So, so yeah, they do look pretty. I'll give them that. <laughs> I mean, if you can get a wild form off on them, though, I mean, you're that that's going to be really helpful. And we, they're, we, they're one of the units that's highly dependent on magic. I mean, if you can get a wild form and then a hand of glory off on them, there's a good chance that they're going to be cutting swaths through the enemy. But then again, you know, you might roll a two for your magic phase and then you're stuck with your right. source warriors yeah. in combat, hoping that they're going to last another round. True. Well, that's core. Man, we're plowing through it. Well, special is, uh, there's quite a bit in special, so I think we're going to we have our work cut out for us there. Should we take a break and then we'll come back and talk some special? Yeah, I suppose we should. All right. Sounds good to me. Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois is the one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. They carry anything your favorite gamer may want. Board games, collectible card games, miniature-based games, and all your hobby gaming supplies are there, as well as books, charms, incense, crystals, and other unique gifts. UGG has it all. Come into the store and ask about their frequent buyers program, or check out their gaming and events calendars in-store or online. From Tuesday night War Machine and Thursday Board Game Night to Friday Night Magic, there's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Gray's Lake. Check them out on the web at uniquegg.com. Hey folks, it's Dave. Are you looking for that special model to add to your army? A monstrous creature or maybe a character model? Something unusual that not everybody else is fielding on their table? Well, then you should check out Mears Miniatures at MearsMiniatures.com. Their Darklands line is full of some of the most fantastic creature models you'll ever see. And with the success of their recent Kickstarter, those models will be perfect for you to play in their forthcoming Darklands game. So whether you're looking for a new skirmish-level game to play with lots of cool monstrous creatures, or you're just looking for that extra special model to add to your existing games line, Mears Miniatures is really worth your time. Check them out at Mears-Miniatures.com. And seriously, guys, you'll be glad you did. 
and we're back. We're heading into specials with uh, our guest lizard man, Jeff. So let's talk some specials. I knew I'd be special once I got to this part of the review. So special. <laughs> so very special. Yes. That's me. Uh, source Warrior Y-Tech. Is that who that was? I knew I'd be the best Source Warrior there is once I got Predatory Fighter. <laughs> So uh, let's talk Temple Guard. All right. Yeah, let's talk about them, Temple Guard. I think we just mentioned, Jeff just mentioned that they're a little better. Um, They do have that extra pip of weapon skill. They do have the extra pip of initiative. And and those two, I mean, for three points, those are helpful. Oh, and plus the, the, oh, they don't have the better, oh, yeah, they have the light armor they come with. So Yeah, so they have a three plus versus shooting and then a four plus in combat with the halberd. Yeah, that makes them much better. Okay. Oh, so there's still a four plus, but they got a five strength. So, okay, so right. in combat, they got the same armor save as a Swords Warrior, but they got the five strength, which is actually really kind of huge. What's the sacred duty special rule? Uh, that's the, the, the special rules for <laughs> if you have a salon in the unit. Oh, I see. Okay. And what is? how does that read exactly? What is it? It just makes them stubborn or... Uh, just here we go. Right, right here. While they're part of a combined unit that's been joined by a model with the Mage Priest Palanquin special rule, all Temple Guard models in the combined unit have stubborn and immune to psychology. Ooh, okay. So they become immune to psychology. They can only hold. Yeah, yeah. True. I like it. It's not with the, well, they're joined with a slon, or they're joined with someone with the Mage Priest Palanquin. So that skink that rides a palanquin, he can go in there and give them the same thing, can't he? Yeah, he would just he would have to go on the side of the unit as opposed to in in the middle of it. Okay. I hadn't even considered that. That's a that's an excellent point. That might be a, a good way to to use that guy. Very nice, Wizard Man White Tuck. Uh, look at me. Yeah. I told you I could find. See, we told you we'd be special. <laughs> right. We uh, just told you to wait, Lizardman White Tech. Maybe I'm a Lizard Man player deep in my heart. Maybe that's why I haven't. I've been restless and. Buying all these different armies because I just I haven't realized that in my heart I'm the lizard man player. Are you guys taking the uh, hero upgrade? And I like we're just totally a- ignoring all the crap I'm <laughs> saying at this point. I'm medicated. <laughs> I'm just babbling. Are we taking the hero upgrade and giving him twenty five points? Well, Chris, I, I would usually take the full command, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I mean, yeah. If you're taking uh, the the unit, these guys are fourteen points apiece. Um, when you've got a character coming in that can chop them to bits, just having that extra turn of of saving five models and and losing just one, I think it's always a good idea to have the the champion in there. Do you, do you upgrade them and give them twenty five points of magic weapons? Oh God, no! No, oh, really, nothing. <laughs> I mean, maybe give him a five-point sword, so he's got that three-plus armor save to give him a little bit better armor save. And if you give him the, um, uh, I can't the remember the, the name of. There's there's the the five-point sword where every wound you do, they reduce their attacks by one to a minimum of one. Oh, I always right, thought yeah. that was a, a really good cheap sword, so I might throw that on him so he can mm-hmm. make use of his shield. But for yeah. the most part, I mean, it, it used to be he could take a twenty-five point item. Yeah, they, and that was a lot better. So you could take uh, enchanted items. Really, those were the money slots. For, exactly, for exactly. So I yeah, mean, you could give him a potion of strength, and then he's right. hit, hitting at strength eight for a turn. Yep. But I mean, I, I, don't, I can't really think blade, of any weapons that I'd want to invest on a temple guard champion. Hmm. So, 
Well, sort of striking. Oh, page is coming out. Uh, plus one to hit for 15 points might not be bad. Yeah, possibly. I don't know. I mean, if you're really looking for something. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think the Warrior Bane and the other one, the uh, the the 2 five-point swords, I, I mean... It makes them stupid. Yeah, oh, the other one, the it, stupid yeah. sword, is what I call it. Yeah, the stupid sword, which is kind of, I mean, if you're in combat, it doesn't affect them anyway. And the only time you're ever going to get out of combat is if they break and run and get away or if you kill them. That's, I never quite got the stupid sword, you know? <laughs> That might as well just made it say you you get five point uh, magic attacks for five points. Yeah, and that's, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. That was the only reason I could see was putting it on here was if you want to get some magical attacks, you know, and just just in case, hmm. so that you know you can't have you know something like something that's ethereal just holding you up, right? Mm-hmm. So, but the temple guard are pretty good. Then I think we're all uh, they are also the only unit in the actual army list that can take a magic standard and they can take one up to 50 points oh they're the only one huh yeah the the cold one riders lost it so besides the the temple guard the only way to get a magic banner is through your bsb um hmm. so, so i, I think they plus they one take leadership a banner i'm sorry what was that are you giving them the plus one leadership banner then in most cases well, it kind of depends on how I'm running them. Uh, what I've been doing lately is adding the plus one movement banner on them and then putting the plus one leadership on my slon. Oh, I see. Um, uh, another interesting combo. Um, the Jaguar standard is 50 oh, points, wow. so you, you could <laughs> <laughs> so you could put that on the unit and then give your slon the reroll uh, charge distance banner if you're really wanting to get those guys in the combat, but that's kind of an expensive combination there. But the point being, with the Temple Guard being able to take that magic standard, you can start getting some combinations in there. And because the Temple Guard, um, you don't have to put the Salon in the Temple Guard, then you can start taking multiple units of Temple Guard, maybe give one of them the Flaming Banner to to deal with stuff like Hell Pits and Hydras and stuff like that. That's a good point. I never considered multiple Temple Guard units because you just don't see it. Exactly, exactly, and now it's an, an option. And where I mean, it, uh, you could you could take multiple units of Temple Guard mm-hmm. in the previous book. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, it was in the one before that where it was zero to one, mm-hmm. and you had to have a slon. But you didn't really see it in the previous book either, just because they were so expensive. They were 16 points in the previous edition, and um, yeah, I mean. With with no one else being able to take those banners, they're the only unit that gives you that kind of flexibility. Interesting. Yeah, so multiple multiple temple guards take multiple banners. Plus, this is a banner light army. I mean, Soros, mm-hmm. the Skink cohort, the temple guard, and the cold one riders are pretty much it, mm-hmm. aren't they? Yeah. So, because everything else is monsters, you don't you know you're going to have a troglodon having a banner. Rawr! Monsters are clouds. Yeah, exactly. It's all monsters and clouds. Yeah, so <laughs> Can you see title. the monsters <laughs> through the clouds? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um Yeah, I mean, I didn't think about that either. That with that you can take a couple of units of 20 instead of a big horde, have a couple of different banners and they're still pretty they're still pretty good, aren't they? Mhm. Mhm. Huh. So, let's talk some jungle swarms. These seem to be uh a uh, big topic of conversation because of some of the abilities that they, they grant? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought they were a little disappointing uh, because they move them to special points, so you are yeah. taking up special points when you're taking them. Um, they used to be core? 
Yeah, they used to be core. They didn't count towards your core points, and um, even even now, if they were in, in core, I don't think they would count towards the core points. But they used to be if one they plus. Did, what are we going to take six hundred points worth of swarms? I mean, uh, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I mean, it, it gives you some some options. I mean, there are some things swarms can do that skirmishers not might not be able to. They they are. Um, Unbreakable. They just get get the squish rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, but See, I'm kind of a fan of the swarms. I started taking the bat swarms again with my army as opposed to the fell bats, and just taking a pair of them and lining them up one in front of the other, just trying to throw them in on a corner just to get their for the ASL for the ASL. Right. So that's what these do in essence. Is well, it grants the poison? It grants the poison. Yeah. And yeah. dude, that I mean, I'm looking at that. And granted, I don't play the army, so maybe I'm dead wrong about this. But you got a bunch of Saurus or a bunch of Skinks or a bunch of whatever, and you can just throw them up against the unit and just hit these guys on the corner. You know, every all close combat attacks directed against that enemy while they're in base contact have poisoned attacks. And, you know, poisoned attacks are money. I don't care what any, you well, know. <laughs> you stack that with the predatory fighter, too. Then sixes are double money. Oh, yeah, because yeah, they yeah. automatically wound, and then you get to re-roll them. Right. So, the problem is the the special the special choices are kind of where you're going to be spending a lot of your points and you have to the the unit size is two plus so you have to invest at least seventy points in that jungle swarm. So um, let's, that's the same cost as the as the bat swarm too. Yeah, let's bookmark jungle swarms because I want to revisit this as we continue through specials. Okay, all right. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, they they do squish. They have or basically they they crumble. But with five wounds, I mean, five attacks, I mean, their strength two, toughness two, they, they kind of suck. But just two of them, one in a row, ten, ten attacks, and they got ten wounds. Mm-hmm. So you're really going to have to mm-hmm. pound them to get them out of the way. I mean, it's not hard, but it's going to take time. I just and don't. something of note is uh, little insects and snakes are better at fighting than skinks are. <laughs> Weapon skill three, oh, yes, they wow. are. <laughs> That's just because they're all over the place. They're everywhere, Dave. They're everywhere. They call they're everywhere. Well, think about it. You got something about I don't know. I don't know how big a skink is. What? Let's say he's about what four feet or three feet tall. Four feet tall. I'd say two and a half to three feet. Okay, so he's three, about three feet tall. At least you can see where that's coming from. Man, there's a snake on the ground. It's gonna it, those things. You know, dude, snake bites are hard to avoid. Those things move fast, like lightning. They bite at you. Well, it's more like uh, cobras and yeah, Gila monster type. Exactly. Uh, I don't want to mess with those things. Uh. <laughs> so I'll get. Yeah, there you go. I'm giving your it to the jungle three. There's my yeah. weapon skill three. Screw them skink things. <laughs> Speaking of skinks, I see here chameleon skinks. <laughs> the Shyamalan skinks. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. One of my students saw the word and said, "What's a Shyamalan?" I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Shyamalan. The sham. What's a Shyamalan? So the chameleon skinks, they got blowpipes, they got scaly skin. They got poison, and they have scouts. They're aquatic, chameleon, cold, so they got all the stuff. They only increased by a point, and you're going you're gonna to see just as many of them as you did previously. Oh, I hate these things. They're awesome. They're fantastic. So they're your, your skink skirmishers, but with scout and better ballistic skill. Yeah, so they can double tap it at long range. Uh, I'll usually take a unit of five to six, multiple units of five to six. Um, 
So, so just for those listeners that don't know what double tapping is, can you explain what that means? Oh yeah, the the blow type has blow pipe has multiple shots too. So if you are using regular skinks, usually between the moving and shooting long range, you'll only be able to hit on sixes and not take advantage of the um, the multi shot, mm-hmm. which I call the the double tap. Yeah. And with the chameleon skinks, they have that plus one ballistic skill, so they can shoot at long range at the multiple shots. Oh, this chameleon rule, I didn't realize that. I just looked it up. So they're skirmishers, so they're minus one to hit because they're skirmishers. And then they have chameleon, which means it's an additional minus one to hit if you're shooting. And then if you plop them in water, then it'll be negative three. But there's not a whole lot of ballistic skill shooting out there anymore. So, (laughs) And if there is, I'm not shooting at these things. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. shooting at skirmish skinks in any any form is, is a waste. Yeah. And these things are only unit size five up, so you can have like small units running around. Oh yeah, yeah. Cheap as chips, as they say. Yeah, yeah. I hate these things. Do you uh, upgrade one of these guys to a stalker? Nah, no. Nah, I think that's a waste yeah. of points. They're if they don't die, then they're just going to be off killing war machines anyway. Right. And having ballistic skill five over ballistic skill four, I don't think is a particular advantage point. for these guys. Yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd save the the ten points, maybe invest three more, and just get another chameleon skink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get the extra shot. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy! So we're on to the cold one riders, and these guys just look like all sorts of good to me. I would have to agree. I mean, the they initiative. certainly got cheaper. Uh, yeah. I, I think one of the most interesting things they could have done for the Lizardman Army book is to put these guys in core as they are. Uh, just leave them with no magic banner. Um, I, I, I think you would see completely different army lists if these guys were in core. Do you? Th- Here's my question: If these guys were in core, do you think you would just see armies with just 600 points of Cold One Riders on a 24 You would list? still see Skink Skirmishers without a doubt, but you might see a couple of units of these guys just to help fill out the core. And it, I mean, it, it would give them a lot of versatility in, in the Lizardman Army to be able to just take these guys as your core points instead of taking up special points with them. I, I don't um, know. I, I think these would be almost too good for a core option. Each model is pumping out four attacks. They are 30 yeah. points a model, though. I mean, that's a lot more than even your and, core. Uh, and then you're paying four points for a sphere as well. Right. Yeah. Because how much are Silver Helms? 2023, I think. Yeah. I mean, these guys are really good. They're what? Oh, thick skinned is the plus. So you're, they're looking at scaly skin five, shield is uh, four. Yeah, they'll have a, a two plus two armor. armor. Yeah, yes. two up armor safe. So they're not they're not getting the the obligatory one plus that that would make them stupid good with a tough mm-hmm. four model. Right, right. But still pretty uh, decent. Yeah, yeah. And as far as spears go, I think if you're going to be taking these, um, I think you're just going to be one and taking them cheap. You can get five of them for a buck fifty, and that gives you a really good flanking unit. Uh, they're they're pumping out a, a ton of attacks. Mm-hmm. The the riders have the predatory fighter. The cold ones have two attacks each as well. So you're going to be treading smaller units yeah, with these guys. With hopefully, these guys. that's twenty attacks. It's they're yeah. Out. <laughs> yeah yeah. That's not bad. So I mean, you hit them with a wild form. Um, yeah. They'll be going nuts. Uh, 
So I, I, I don't know. I don't think the, the spear is really worth it. Uh, I think that's a shame too, because with the spear, they're only one point cheaper than in the previous book. Um, but they can't take a magic banner, so you can't give them the, the razor standard or. Yeah, that, that really hurts them. I think for that reason, would you, do you run these guys in a big bus? If you're. <laughs> I, I think it's possible uh, if you put a couple of characters in there, that unit is really going to be putting out some damage. But I don't know. I mean, a couple of uh, 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 metal magic missiles, and, and then you're going to be taking off 30-point models. Yeah, true. And at a 2-plus, even things that are strength 4 are going to be taken off models as well because mm-hmm. they'll be wounded on fours and then you're saving on threes and that that's a huge difference over the the armor armor one and and strength four did these guys did their offensive stats go up from before because i i gotta tell you i charged uh when i played grant my unit of dragon princes into these guys no i think he charged me actually and uh you know i was like oh two up armor save i should be able to weather it two up armor save six up ward save and he just shredded those dragon princes wow yeah uh, they're, so they have damage. the same stats as in the previous book. Hmm. I mean, again, it would be nice if you were able to give them some options, if you were able to put uh, some halberds on these guys. Right. Well, you know what okay. happened. They charged, and they said, you should not be here, and that's why you <laughs> lost all your dragon princes. In the throes of combat, I can see that. <laughs> but if you just say they should not be here, that does not give you license to... Well, maybe Attack. not. But I'm saying that's what happened. That's why you lost them so quickly. Because now, all oh, that's that's the lizard man's special ability. I'm not ability. getting drawn back into that debate. All they have to do is say it, and then the, <laughs> it's the not much died. of a debate. They died. <laughs> <laughs> it's the stupid Saurus. They don't know like what that means. Yeah, you shouldn't be. That's, that's all they have to do is say you should not be here, and Hiles die in droves. So it's, ridic- it's absolutely ridiculous. Okay, Jeff. From I, now I on, when you play, new, first you battle gotta, cry of my lizard men. Right. Okay, Jeff. First, you got to take a no magic or a no salon list with the extra cold bloods and a bunch of skinks. Then every time you play as high elves, every time before you roll the dice, you got to say you should not be here. That's that's your that's your goal. Done and done. <laughs> So ridiculous. <laughs> so so far, you, we've gone through about half the special units. Anything in here that you're absolutely taking, or anything in here you're—I abs- mean, obviously you're going to take at least one unit of chameleon skinks. It sounds like. Yeah, I mean the chameleon skinks are going to be one plus, um, depending on your build. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're going to see some temple guard because you're going to need the banners in there. And if you're going to be spending your money on on infantry like that, paying the extra three points for the temple guard, I think it's going to be worth it. So I, I would definitely, in my list, I've been adding Temple Guard as well. Um, the Jungle Swarms, I just, for 70 points, I'm just not really finding the points for them in the lists that I've been writing. I, I certainly see their benefit, but um, I just haven't been getting them in there myself. Uh, I've been working with lists with Bastildons or Cold One Riders uh, with without spears because uh, they're both a buck fifty uh, mm-hmm. for the Basilodon and then for five riders. Um, so really, all of these special choices I, I see as viable, uh, even though I haven't fit the jungle swarms into any list that I've written. They're still a viable choice. So um, I, so far, the the special unit choice are really where the lizardmen are going to be shining. 
Well, we've got a lot more special choices to come, so let's take a break, and we'll circle back and dissect those as well. Cold One Riders, 20 attacks for 5, 21 attacks for 5 with a champion, and then getting that poison attacks from the swarm. I'm telling you, that's money. That's, that's <laughs> predatory fighter, yeah. yeah. Choppy, choppy. Auto wounding, don't even have to roll the wound. That's just beauty. All right. We'll be right back. We'll be back. Back. <laughs> <laughs> Cube of Darkness, found in the metal arc beneath Chotel. The Cube of Darkness is as alien as it is powerful. Viewed up close, this small black cube contains millions of tiny pinpricks of blistering light each circling a sphere of pure darkness. By implementing the correct pattern of thoughts, the cube may be opened for a fraction of a second, inexplicably drawing the very winds of magic into its depths. And we're back. 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 Someone's got to be the base here. Uh, so we've got, uh, we're about about halfway through the specials. Because they're all so special. I love it when they're specials. You definitely do run out of points quickly in the specials, though. I can see that where you can. Yeah, there's you a lot can, of options. But uh, I think this lends to the variety, though. I mean, because you really could, if you want, like you were saying, you could take, like, you know, three units of Temple Guard and be like, okay, that's a big chunk of most of your specials. And you could really do an infantry heavy, you know, Saurus list. You can switch out with some Cold One Wider. Right, cold cold One Wider. <laughs> I, co- I, I, I have a code in my nose. I apologize. Um, obviously, you can't, you can't make a list without Chameleon Skinks, apparently. But. Uh, I like that there's some variety in here, and here we're getting to some of the others. No, oh, it's the cro- we're back to the Croxagor. But it is a unit of all Croxagor without any skinks. Yep. I I, I don't know. I, I it's similar to trolls. You know, block of six, maybe eight, maybe three. They cause fear. They've got the basics: the aquatic, cold-blooded, predatory fighter, four-up armor save. Great weapons. So their initiative one doesn't matter unless they're getting. Uh, you know, someone's purple sunning them mm-hmm. because they got and great they, weapons. Yeah, that's the biggest change from the last book is they were strength four in the previous one for strength six with the great weapon. Now they're strength seven, uh, which is a pretty big difference, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're you're fighting armor. Uh, they also staff. dropped yep. five points. Weapon um, skill five, toughness four. Weapon skill uh, three. Weapon skill three. Weapon skill three. Yeah, weapon skill five. Uh, what? I would be taking these guys all day, <laughs> yeah. every day with weapon skill five. I have twelve hundred points of spell, <laughs> Croxigor. No, you know your your basic three wounds for your monstrous infantry. They've got stomp. Uh, do you see people taking these as a little bit of muscle? I, I don't know. I, I think maybe you would. 
Yeah, I mean, like, with that 150 points that I'm playing with in my specials right now, uh, I was thinking about a unit of three of these guys, maybe uh, two wide, one in the back, or maybe even just three wide. Uh, but the problem with these guys is they don't have the, the, the defensive staying power to take advantage of their offensive hitting ability. Mm-hmm. Um, so with the great weapons, they're going to be going last. And at tough three with a four-plus save, there's a good chance that one or maybe even two of them are going to die before tough they four. even get the strike. Uh, tough four, I'm sorry. Yeah, true. <laughs> they still have better staying power than the Vargheists. They're more expensive. But they don't have fly. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I can see what you're saying because, t- I mean, well, I mean, it's, it's not bad. Oh, no, it's not bad. It's just. I mean, for 50 they're, points, they're going to be going pricey, last. But, yeah, they're always going last. Yeah, so how many? Yeah, the question is how many are still going to be there by the time they get the swing? So if you're if you're taking them as small flanking units as three of them, that might work because you're you're mitigating the number of attacks they're going to be getting into them. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to be putting these guys straight into danger, you are going to have to be taking that six to eight uh, unit range, and that's when it starts to get really pricey. Or and a horde. Or a horde, even yeah, yeah. eighteen of them. There you go. Nine hundred points. But <laughs> why? Man. Why not just make a twelve hundred point unit of Croxigore and then just smash your opponent's face in with strength seven? <laughs> One massive unit, but yeah, it, it's it's another one of those. Um, do the the weaknesses outweigh the strengths of the unit? And I'm wondering if you want to be able to get by with um, some lower strength with higher mobility, and maybe like the Rippers or or the Cold One Cavalry, uh, as opposed to these guys. But uh, I think they definitely would have a, a solid place as maybe a flanking unit to to take out smaller chaff units to get to uh, higher armor guys but um, like Empire Knights, stuff like Mm -hmm. that but I don't know, they are still a little pricey to be taken in a big unit I I liked uh, your idea of taking them in units of three, two and then one in the back yeah, because it's such a small footprint. Right. They're super maneuverable. Uh, they're like little commando units. They just mm-hmm. run around hitting things with, with strength seven, hopefully cracking armor. And they can even put a couple of wounds or maybe even take out a monster. It's like a little uh, Crocs missile. <laughs> <laughs> the, the problem is, like you guys have been saying, there's nine special choices, and this one's fighting for points, and it seems to right. fall hard on the list. If you're having trouble finding a place to fit 70 points for 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 the swarm and I I realize they're they're apples and oranges but still if you're I just I guess it just seems like with with when you're when you're looking for points this would be maybe one of the earlier things you would just shave off and say okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean Croc score are not a, a number one choice in the specials. Well, let's go through all the specials and then see cherry pick which ones are the best. Okay. Or our favorites. Sure, yeah. Okay, so that's Croxagore. So then we're looking at Pterodon Riders. These are, these guys are 35 points a model. Uh, did these remain unchanged from the previous book? Uh, yeah, for the most part. They they increased by five points, uh, and you now have the options to take the, the Fire Leech Boas, mm-hmm. but they they retained the Drock Brox, which is uh, identical to the previous book. Um, one of the changes is that now that Skinks have a six-plus scaly skin, these guys are going to have a four plus because uh, actually they um, a five plus because they don't have the shields, uh, but that's still better than the six plus that they got last time. Right. So uh, I I used to take five plus. 
yeah, and they use the toughness of the pterodon, so that that does give them that extra pip of toughness there. Um, I used to take one to two units of these in my previous armies mm-hmm. uh, just to clear chaff. Uh, nothing does it better than drop rocks. Uh, D3 oh, yeah, strength four once per game, automatic hits. So uh, they are fantastic at filling their role, uh, which is taking mm-hmm. out chaff, and then you can go harass war machines with them. You can fly them up to them, throw your javelins, and then charge in the next turn, um, or yeah. use them as redirectors. They're really awesome redirectors because they've got the fly, and they right. can zip around the board where you need them most. We talked a little bit about, about ballistic skill shooting before being wasted on skinks. I've always found that ballistic skill shooting just destroyed these units. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, when when you're talking about a, a three model unit, mm-hmm. when you lose one, that is a huge hit to it. And now with the leadership five, if they panic, they're probably just going to be running off the board. Um, hmm. But if you're if you're shooting at the the pterodon riders or you're sh- throwing magic missiles at them, then you're not paying attention to the rest of the army. And even mm-hmm. now, this is going to be um, 105 points for a unit of three, as opposed to 90 in the previous book. So it's still it, it's more points, it's but it's still cheap. not a huge chunk. Yeah, for toughness three with two wounds, I mean, yeah, they're going to get they're going to get chopped up pretty quick, aren't mm-hmm. they? Yeah, I mean, you're not putting these guys in the combat uh, unless it's a dire situation or you're trying to frenzy bait or... Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're just... Uh, as far as fast cav go, I think they're some of the best fast cav in the game because of drop rocks. Well, and the, they have forest strider, which means they can actually land and move in and out of a forest, which other flying units can't do without taking a dangerous terrain test. This is true. And that comes in really handy. I use that all the time at the beginning of the game. I'll, I'll pop them in a forest to find out what the forest is. And then when you vanguard, you just move them right out of the forest if it's bad so you don't take the effects. Oh, yeah. Didn't think of that either. Yeah, that's good use, too. Talk to me about Fire Leech Bolas. Uh, they are a one-point upgrade. And um, I think... Just one second here. Let me flip... They're range 6, strength 4, quick-to-fire flaming attacks. Um, I don't really understand why you would take them. I mean, you can take them to try and knock regen off of something, Mm -hmm. but they're range 6, strength 4. So you're going to be taking a lot of modifiers if you're moving and shooting, Mm -hmm. and they're only strength 4. Um, so if you're throwing that at an A bomb or a or a right. um, Hydra, expecting to remove the region, um, that's a long shot. That's yeah, not with not with three. Model. Yeah, not not with three three shots from that unit. Hmm. If they were multi shot, or I don't know, maybe if they were strength five for some reason, or maybe twelve um, inch range. Yeah, yeah, that's that six would six inches. That just seems you got to get right on top of them, and even then, you're still at, you're you're shooting at long range, so you're hitting on yeah. you're hitting on fives because you can move with with the with the flying you know the fast cav rule because they're flying calves. They got a fast cav rule. You can move and and shoot without your penalty. I think can't you? Yeah, with the quick to fire. Yeah, but then you've got you know ballistic skill three, so you're hitting on fives at six Hand inches. Of glory. Away. <laughs> for, your, for your three flaming shots at strength four. <laughs> so I could hit at fours. I knew I'd be hitting on fours once I got that hand you of glory. Bring the hydro right down. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't see the point in it. Now I I guess I always looked at these pterodons and didn't think they were very good and then 
Um, we were talking about lizard men in some some point, and I actually got Chris Tomlin was like, I just thought it was so funny to hear you saying that they're that they're useless and people don't use them. He's like, because you see them everywhere here. And I'm like, well, I've, I, they are one of the staples of the Lizardman Army. I, I can't remember off the top of my head who said it, but they said it right when you can gauge a Lizardman player's um, use of their army by how they use their their pterodons. I've never played against them. Pterodons? They're so good. Yeah. Unless I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe Rotor had them at bits. I don't remember fighting. I don't remember seeing them. Like hmm. unless I was really distracted, I just don't remember them at all. Like that's. If they were on the table, that's how little of an impact they had that I don't even remember facing them. It's the fact that they're so maneuverable, and then they have yeah. the drop rocks thing, so they pack a little punch. Well, the drop rocks thing is really cool, and the model's awesome. But uh, I'm just saying I've never I've never faced off against them, so I just always thought they were no good because I didn't see Yeah, I mean, against VC, you're not going to have as many uses. They'll probably be used more as redirectors mm-hmm. for that, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, they're they're kind of a staple of the army uh, and what really makes it work because there's really no other way to take out chaff reliably besides magic missiles, and then you're using your magic dice to take out their right. chaff. Right. Well, let's jump across to the Ripper Dactyls then because are these guys any better or any worse? Um, the stats, They're different. The stats seem to be... Well, they have a little bit more offensive punch, if I remember. Oh, yeah. They've oh, got yeah. an extra attack. They they also they come with the shield, so the skinks are going to have a four plus armor save, and then okay. they have a spear, so the skinks will be strength four on the charge. Um, the ripper dactyls themselves are are basically identical to pterodons and stats, except they have an additional strength four attack, and they have frenzy as well, so they're going to have three attacks base, and then killing blow, and yeah, armor yeah. piercing, and armor piercing, correct. So they can really put a hurting on some some armor units, but um, one of the things that's going to make them super effective is their special rule, Toad Rage, uh, in which at the beginning of the game you stick a toad in the uh, in a single unit for each one of these units that you have. So you get to place one per unit, mm-hmm. and all the units get D three plus one frenzy and rerolls to hit instead of just the single frenzy attack. And when they get Buck Nasty on that unit with the Toad in them, I can see these guys going crazy. But um, Damn, so wait, two attacks, Frenzy would make it three, but it could, but it's, it's D3 plus one, so it goes from three to minimum four to six. So it's four to six attacks. Correct, from yeah, the Ripper re-rolling the hits. Strength re-rolling four, killing hits. blow, armor piercing. That is, wow, that is kind of stupid. Yeah, I mean they they can they can go super crazy, um, but they are frenzy leadership five. There are a lot of ways to to mitigate that. You can keep them close to your BSB. Uh, you can do the old Trixie, uh, show them your rear, uh, face them away from your enemy. Um, I didn't realize that was considered like poor sports, like you're being gamey because somebody called me on on that that I was that that's being because I I remember Alex told me just. Put your. Uh, I don't think that's gamey at all. I'm not. I think not it's any, a valid tactic. So do I. It's just it's not any less or more gamey than putting your units within your BSB range. Yeah, just I, I guess, but having I, them I face away from the battle the whole time until they're where you want them. Because that's what I do with my var guys, and I was I I I was informed it's a bit. It could be considered a bit gamey. So. 
I don't. I didn't. I, I didn't know. I don't see that at all. So, are these ripper dactyls better than the pterodon riders? I mean, they don't have the drop rocks, but if you, you know, well, as far as combat ability, hands and spades. I mean, there, there's no doubt that they're going to be the better combat unit. Um, but the key but is to get them into the combat that you want. Exactly, because they've got to go after the unit with the toad, right? They don't have to, but they well, maximize. Saying, but that, that's where you get the bonuses. Is when it's yeah. against the yeah. unit with the toad. That's where you get. Or the, can you kind of? Um, Psych your opponent out and assign the toad to something that you don't intend to attack. But and maybe he'll, he'll keep that away. Yeah, but, but they'll be under I the mean, impression it, that you are. Yeah, uh, you, you can certainly do that. Or, or having the killing blow has a psychological effect on right. people as well. So um, I, I don't know how I was thinking about using these guys. Was maybe uh, either as character assassination, the most obvious way, or right. just using them as um, kamikazes, just knowing that they are going to die, maybe throw them in to the unit that I want to try and take out to get the points for. And yeah, they are going to die, but they are going to put a hurt on that unit. Uh, and I think that would be a prime target for the, the hand of glory. If you were able to buff these guys up, uh, they could seriously, I mean, at, at six attacks per ripple, da- ripper dactyl, plus they get the stomps too. That's something right, we didn't yeah. mention for the pterodons if they get a stomp as well. So oh, you yeah, can, they're monstrous calves. So they, okay, I didn't think about that. So yeah, I mean, they they can put a serious hurting on them. Mm. But they are just as susceptible to shooting as uh, oh yeah. Pterodons, but they but have the frenzy, so they're not going to panic off. Panic. Yeah. Hmm. That's crazy. Forty points. So unit of three. Yeah, I was thinking a unit of three to four. Um, I think this is one of the, the two units that you're going to be, from the the new range that was released, that you're going to be seeing regularly. What do you think of the models? Um, I, I think they're interesting models. I just I, I don't quite understand the concept with the way their beaks are. It doesn't really look like they'd be able to, to chew on stuff because the... <laughs> the massive uh, underbite that they have going on yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, and... Uh, it, it seems like every monster in the Lizardman army book is either measured by how razor sharp its talons are or how deeply it can gouge rock with its claws. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of like them. Yeah. They're different. Uh, definitely aggressive looking. Uh, you have to get used to that whole underbite look, but I don't know. I think they're kind of cool. Yeah, that or you just got to you know, kit bash and customize your uh, your rippers. That's what I'm planning on doing. I already I, I bought a box of these guys and split it with a friend of mine. Uh, we just split it fifty fifty. I got all the skinks and bits, and he got all the uh, teared on and ripper bits. Hmm. Huh. And so I'm just gonna convert up my own. Cool. Nice. All right, so we're down to our last two. We got the Steg, the classic lizard man monster. Stats, I think, are unchanged. Four attacks, weapon skill three, strength five, tough six, five wounds, two initiative. It's still pretty tough. At 215 points. So he's your cold-blooded, stubborn, terror-causing, impact-hit-wielding, immune-to-psych-having large targets. You can upgrade him with uh, the great bow. three wounds on, on the charging... Yeah, yeah, the, with the sharp horns. That seems almost like an auto take. I mean, that's just you know the sharpened horns for sure. But I'm not sure about the the baby steg. When for 15 points more, you can you can get the ancient steg. Well, unless you just want to max out on stegs on yeah, the table. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, it, it depends on what other rare things you want to be taking, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. so this, yeah, the giant bow, 36 inch, uh, strength 5, multiple wounds, D3 poison attack, no armor save. If it rolls a 6 to hit, the first model hit is wounded automatically. If it's slain, then roll to wound the next as normal. So that's basically just, it's a, I mean, does that work as a, uh, Bolt thrower? Yeah, it's a bolt thrower. Right, yeah, yeah. No armor save, so. Yeah. That's... But you're not really taking the Stegan on, so you can shoot a giant bolt. I mean, you're trying to get him in into position, so yeah. most right. of the time you're going to be marching with him. True. Using the blowpipes, though? Man. Well, when you're, that's the other thing, is for 15 points more, you get the, the 46 instead of the single right. giant bow shot. And if you put a hand of glory on those guys, yeah. then... That's like a a poison dart machine gun. That's awful. (laughs) So the ancient stag is just demonstrably better than the regular stag. In my opinion, yeah, but it's special points versus rare points. Right. So what else does a stag have? Uh, So let's see. Um, It's got the five skink crew. Can't forget those guys. Yeah, nothing turns a combat like five weapon skill two, strength three attacks. (laughs) There it is. Okay. 45 yeah, upgrades. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Unstoppable Stampede. What? Oh, Devastating Charge. Yeah, I see skipping that. Okay. The, oh, this is... I mean, it just seems to have a whole bunch of everything. It's just whatever you can take. Now, the... Uh, yeah, so, yeah, the extra points. But this is still pretty good. For 215, this seems... Especially, well, two, 235 when you take the sharpened horns. Yeah, it's not bad. No, not at all. Not at all. And, I mean, if you're just trying to do those D3 wounds, then being able to get as many as you can into the list is, is definitely a good thing. And if you're trying to do target saturation, then you'll right. want to be spending your extra points in special as well. It beats five crocs and it's 15 <laughs> points cheaper. <laughs> I'm just saying, we were talking about the crocs score before, you know? I mean... Mm-hmm. You could take a unit of five of those, or you could take this, and that. Actually, a unit of four of those. It would be they would be cheaper than 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 a steak. But still, I mean, just it's just like the the it's got a laundry list of stuff it can do, and obviously it can't do everything every turn. But but it does come with a lot of upgrades. Yeah, which is nice. It just seems a lot better than the steak was in the last edition. Am I wrong about that? The steak was always pretty good. Well, it's really the sharpened horns, though, that really puts it over the top. Yeah, that's what really put it over the top for this book. Did it get cheaper, though? Yeah, it did. Um, 20 points cheaper for the baby stag. It used Mm. to be 235, so now it's 215. And then the ancient stag is 230, so even the ancient stag is five points cheaper than the baby stag from the previous book. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, just, I mean... It seems it was so funny. No one expected it to get really good, you know. And it's it's just all the old stuff got better. Mm -hmm. That was just a bizarre move there, but I don't know. I I just I could just it's just I I have a feeling you're going to see a lot more of these things on the table, both the ancient and baby, just to fit more of them on the table. I I hope so because I've always loved that that Stegadon model. Yeah, I I do do like the model. Yeah. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I, I agree. The new one, as opposed to the five-pound paperweight metal well, one. I, I just had. want to clarify. Yeah. some people like the old one. 
Yeah, I just dude, I remember picking one up. Like, dang, this is heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a hunk of a hunk of metal. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I like having the two different models because you can easily easily distinguish between the ancient and and the baby. But um, yeah, the metal one, you can if if you get upset at a game, you can assault your opponent with that. <laughs> You get upset. You get Lizardman Jeff does not endorse the assaulting of opponents with put metal Segadons. Put that thing at the end of a chain and whip it around. <laughs> yeah, it's a maze. Yeah. Oh boy! All right, one last special unit: the Bastilladon. This is an interesting one. Uh, so he comes in at 150 points. He's a monster with only three attacks, weapon skill three, strength four, tough five, with four wounds and initiative one. So. He's not really an offensive juggernaut. And he's movement four. Not at all. For a monster, yeah. he's really slow. Yeah. But then and he's again, only he, got the four wounds. He's low to the ground and has very short legs. So Scaly skin, two up. So, you know, I, I suppose he could take some damage. But, you know, it's the these other options that he comes with that are very interesting. Yeah. Dude, he is um, slow. He's even got always strikes last. He's got movement four, always strikes last. He's yep. just slow as hell. But he does have a single strength in attack with his tail. Right. Which is plus one to hit if it's in the rear. Yeah, so if you combat reform so his butt's right. facing out, then you get the plus one to hit. For the vital one attack at strength ten. Yeah, but chances are he's not going to last that, that single combat because right. he's not stubborn or anything. And Well, so you're probably not getting this guy into combat. You're probably sitting back shooting things and spitting out snakes. That's kind of what I get out of this guy. Yeah, or protecting your flanks because um, one of the, his special rules, the impervious defense, he doesn't have flanks or rear, so he uh-huh. could potentially hold something up for turn or two while your source get into position. But True. yeah, I mean, oh well, then you can turn and just just combat reform and show him the rear because it's not changing the number of models in in it base to base. Oh no, that's that's one of the valid tactics for this guy is to. I mean, I, I don't understand why you want to just turn your butt towards him in the first place so they can charge you in the rear. But um. <laughs> well, that's. Yeah. Okay, that that never sounds like a good plan. I'm just saying. I'm just putting it out there. Uh. But, yeah, um, this is another one of those weird units. I mean, I kind of liked the way it looked on paper the first time I saw it, but after I thought about it a little more, I I just wasn't so sure about it. Uh, But he does come with two different variants, the Arc of Sotek and the Solar Engine. I do like that it comes with one. You, you just automatically get one of these, though. It's not yeah, an upgrade. Yeah, there's no upgrade. Extra. It's just like, here, you're going to pick one. Um, it's, it's one or the other, right? Yeah. Correct. Correct. Now, let's see. The Ark of Sotek is the one that spits out snakes. When I, The one that I first looked at the model and said, what the hell is that? Like, I couldn't figure out what was going on with the with the pic in the image. I didn't know what those snakes were that were coming out of it. I thought it was like a party. He was shooting out streamers. Um. So let, at the end of each friendly turn, nominate a jungle swarm unit within six inches of each Bistilodon with an arc, and roll a d6 on a four plus. Add a base to the unit. This can take it beyond its starting size. If it can't be placed because there's not enough room, it's lost. In addition, the arc has a special shooting attack, d6 inches. So you're you got to roll for range. A whopping d6. Yeah. So you, yeah. One. Damn it. Strength 2, and then uh, it, can, it can be activated in any friendly shooting phase, even if it marched, charged, or is engaged in close combat. Well, I suppose in close combat, you could fire onto the unit you're fighting with, and it won't matter. 
Mm-hmm. When activated, all enemy all enemy units within D6 immediately take 2D6 strength, 2 hits. Oh, well. <laughs> I don't think strength 2 was so good that you needed to make it a variable range. I think it right. could have just been a solid 6 inches and you'd Everything still see as many range. of them as you were going to. You yeah. know what's um, really disappointing about the, the arc of Sotek is that you have to have a jungle swarm already. You have to have purchased mm-hmm. one for that to take effect. If this yeah, thing could if it just, just spit them out, it. Yeah, I yeah. didn't realize that. I thought this was like like the Nurgle demon that just spits out Nurgling uh, mm-hmm. uh, t- uh, pieces. Yeah, I didn't realize it had to have one already. That, so, you're, so that you're paying one fifty plus seventy for the swarm bases. That's two twenty. Yeah, and for a fifty percent chance to make the swarms bigger, and Dave pointed out that why don't you just spend those points on the swarms in the first place if that's what you're going for? Yeah, I could take two, right. three units of two swarms for two ten, as opposed to two swarms, and then keep it nearby and hope that I mean, what? So half the turns it'll you'll get one. Yeah, but you get to use a new monster. You do get to use a new monster, <laughs> and I like the model. I really do. I like it's an ankylosaur. I always thought ankylosaurs were pretty cool looking dinosaurs. Um, I do like the look of the model. I do. Although I do, I I mean, I think the solar engine looks better on it. So um, let's talk about that, uh, Jeff. Do you want to tell us what the solar engine does? Uh, yeah, sure. It's the other free upgrade, and the passive ability is all units within six inches get uh, all friendly units within six inches get plus one to their initiative. Um, that that's a good mm-hmm. ability that's in and of start. itself because yep. um, you'll you'll lose half as many less mm-hmm. uh, models to Purple Sun or Pit or something like that. Uh, but the second ability is going to be a bound spell, power level 3. It's a magic missile with a range of 24 inches. And if it goes off, you roll a d6. And on the chart, if you roll a 1, it'll do d3 strength 3. Uh, 2 to 3 is d6 strength 4. 4 to 5 is 2d6 strength 5. And on a roll of a six, you get two d six strength six hits with, and they have a negative one to their weapon and ballistic skill until the start of the next magic phase. And all of those are going to be flaming attacks. That's that's a, a lot going on there. I, I I quite like the solar engine because the potential for the damage that it can do at long for lizards long range at twenty four inches, I think is pretty good. And this gives them the lizards. Uh, some good range shooting, which they typically don't have. Yeah, yeah, it, it has the potential to do that, but uh, it seems like a, a lot of the the hubbub on the internet is that you can just use a single power die to, to cast this to try and draw out dispel die. Mm-hmm, right. And if you're thinking about using it that way, then you're going to fail that roll a third of the time. So two out of six turns, you're not going to be getting it off just by rolling that one. And then your opponent still has the option to dispel it and they don't have to use their level mm-hmm. four. You don't even have to nominate a wizard for the dispel. Uh, they could just nominate their level one or two mm-hmm, or just right. 
do a raw roll against it. Uh, but even if it does go off, it has a 50% chance of doing something good and then a 50% chance of doing something mediocre. So there's a lot of variables in there that I'm not sure it's going to be worth the, the points in your special allotment. But I, I can definitely see when you're rolling that 2d6 strength 5 or that 2d6 strength 6, that, that that's really going to be putting a hurting on things like Hydras or, right. or A-bombs or stuff like that. The uh, the once in a lifetime that that actually uh, <laughs> yeah when you roll that, that six that result <laughs> I just like I said uh, on paper I really like it uh, fluff wise idea wise theme wise I really like it it seems like they made it unnecessarily hard for any of this stuff to work for you mm-hmm. yeah you got to roll just, this and then that's got to happen and then you roll this it just seems like you know yeah and you're talking parts. about the winds of magic phase which right. you're already using most of those dice for your salon anyway and you don't even know how many die you're going to be getting in the first place so yeah i think it's another one of those units that looks really good on paper um i think you will be seeing these if you see a salon less list if you're just taking the the old blood mm-hmm. that i think a couple of these would go a long way because then you can right. just chuck six dice and because it's an innate ability even if you're irresistible it goes off but you don't lose the spell That's true and it is flaming shooting so yeah yeah like you said so yeah well i don't know that i i leave it up to lizardman players to you know I'm definitely going to try it out. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not having a lot of faith that you it's going to be seen. Hopes, huh? <laughs> and yeah, it's not. I don't think it's going to make it in the tournament lists. Hmm. Well, I'm not worried about tournament lists because I'm a fluffy player, so I'm going to take one if I ever get one. But I don't. Along with your battle pool bearer, <laughs> with my uh, battle pool bearer, are you and uh, my no slan? Are you still considering picking up lizards? Eh, I don't know. I got my one month rule, and my excitement for them is waning. Uh, not not because they're not any good, but because I just don't feel like spending the money on that when I've got all this sure. other stuff to get. Like I said, I've still got to sell off stuff so I can afford to pay for when. Well, now <laughs> I've got a lot more time. It looks like before I got a new army book for my main army, so I got some time to go. But I don't know. I still think I might go with the demons hmm. if I'm gonna be, if I'm gonna do anything away from. My uh, my VC or my dwarves. I, that, yeah. That's why I was kind of a little disappointed with this book because it, it didn't really seem to have the pizzazz that other armies had. I mean, it's still a good book. Don't get me wrong, but it just seemed like the release was a little flat. Yeah, I think it's solid and balanced, but really, I mean, if you look through this list, I mean, what did you get new? That you're going to take. You got to, well, I mean, even if you're going to, I mean, take it or not. I mean, I got, you know, every army gets some new stuff and you're like, oh, you you know, it's cool, but you don't necessarily want to take it. Um, you know, Pastilodon, Ripperdactyls, and the Troglodon. I mean, that's, isn't that really pretty? I mean, some guys got new sculpts, but as far as new. New models, that was got it. Three yeah. additions to this army. That was it. And it just seemed like, wow. You know, other armies seem to have more, or at least something that stands out. That's like, okay, this is cool. I want to take it. But we can get to that when we're discussing this army on a whole, because I think that's a big issue with the army. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right, uh, break, and then we'll hit our four rares. Sounds good. During the Great Catastrophe, the planet was contaminated. 
Since then, Slan have avoided setting even a single toe upon the earth. For this grounds their magical power and disrupts their thoughts. While ensconced in their pyramid temples, the Slan are protected. But when forced to leave, they sit upon floating palanquins made of stone and other unknown substances. A Slan controls his slab throne's movement with his mind, hovering motionless or moving at a respectable pace, and it shimmers with a powerful protective field. Back, 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 We're back. And rare units. Well, we already kind of touched on the ancient stag. You know, as far as the regular stag goes, it's got better, it's got some better stats. It's strength six. Six, tough six. But it loses the attack for that strength six, and it also loses the initiative. But I think what you get in return is just so much better. You get the extra pip in armor. Mm-hmm. You get the extra strength. And when you're doing those D3 impact wounds, you want those wounds to get through. So oh, yeah. having that extra strength is, is huge. So, yeah, extra strength, extra armor, lower initiative, lower number of attacks. It's amazing. you got these big monsters, and it's just like I think – that's the one thing I've started to notice because I don't really have a lot of big monsters, and the one that I have, I never get it into combat. I just scream at things. Is it like when you attacked with your idol, your rogue idol? It's like, oh, well, I've got four attacks. Four attacks, or, yeah. and you're like, you've got this huge thing, and it's like, it, but it doesn't. It just doesn't put out the damage that you think it would. Yeah, I, I mean, this, this yeah. thing does have a, a thunder stomp that certainly helps. Yeah, you got a thunder stomp, and you got you know you've got impact hits and things like that. Which on the charger, great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's just it. He, he's going to be the missile. You have to get the charge off to make him optimized, to, to really make him earn those points. But when he does get that charge off, and when he does take off two to three of those monsters' calves before you even get to combat, ooh, yeah, that's, I'm, that's I'm sure that's going to be a good feeling. Well, that's what you need in this day and age where monsters' calves is so prevalent to have mm-hmm. something that's so a good answer for that like this. That's a good thing to have. It's good for the game, I think. Yeah. So 230 with your sharpened horns, you're going in there, you're slamming into stuff, you're hoping to get a bunch of impact hits. Then you get the D3 multiplier, so your monstrous cav, your monstrous infantry are just, they're just peeling them off, which is just really great. Um, it says here, unless taken as a mount for a skink chief, he may replace his giant blowpipes with an engine of the gods for 50 points. The priest, the priest can take the engine of the gods, but not the chief. Okay, that's what I miss. So if a chief gets it, he can't take, he can't take the engine. He can just take a stag or an ancient stag. Okay, I got you. Now, I, now I see what I missed. Okay, good. I keep forgetting there's a the, what the difference is so mm. between the different skinks. You know, skinks all look alike to me. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm racist against skinks, I guess. So. Uh, did we? Do, should we talk about engine of the gods and what it does? Oh, I suppose we should. So if you have one or more engine, uh, at the start of your magic phase, select one of the eight lores, 
and until your next magic phase, the casting value is reduced by one to a minimum of three. So I, I think if you're going, if if this makes the the eight lores cheaper to cast, is it? Are you going for that lore master type build then in your slot? I think that well, you see, it's only for one of the eight lores of the uh, Warhammer BRB, so right. you don't get that on your high elf casting. You can't reduce your high elf casting by one. Uh, I think you really only see this on the beasts to assist the the beast right, skink, um, but. Even then, I mean, one is nice, but it's not going to break the bank. You know, it's not going to. You know, there's something to that because if you have this and you're casting on your unit of cold one cav, the the beast attribute, if I recall, is reduced by one again. So yeah, your net reduced by two, and that I think the the so wild form is a ton to cast, right? Yeah. So, so you, your level you two skink only needs a six as opposed to needing an eight. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's but that's this is there this. It's a very specific purpose. You're paying, yeah, right. Well, it, I think it is a specific purpose, but I think compared to everything else that you have here, except for possibly the ward, all friendly units within six inches have a six up ward save. The burning alignment used to be awesome. Now yeah. it's terrible. Yeah, it's not particularly good at all. It used to be everything within 2D6, it automatically went off, yep. and everybody within 2D6 would suffer a uh, D6 strength 4, no armor saves. And and that's what was fantastic yeah. at, at clearing armor, clearing chaff. Was um, it a flaming attack back then? It, it was burning alignment, and I think at one point there was an FAQ that said anything that had words like burning or flaming or uh, something like that in, in the title. It was flaming, but okay. it, it did not read as flaming in the rule book now. Well, this one is an innate bound spell, power level 3. It does a direct damage spell to every unit within, every enemy unit within 46 inches, and uh, those targets suffer D6 strength 4 flaming attacks distributed as per shooting. So it's a random distance and D6 strength 4. Yeah, it's not all that good, is it? Not particularly anymore. It was the no armor saves that. Yeah, that was the really. Picture. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just looking at it. It's just underwhelming, isn't it? Yeah, it's just another one of those choices where it's like, yeah, I suppose you could take that, but it's just not not particularly exciting. I mean, mm-hmm. you're you're giving up the giant blowpipe for that, and uh, the giant blowpipe got an extra six inches of range, so it has eighteen inch range now. Um, and I'm I'm thinking that forty six poison shots from the blowpipes are going to do more than. Yeah, I, I think so. 46 range, D6 strength 4 hits. And this is a direct damage, so it's just stuff on your front arc. Whereas before, it used to pulse, right, in a circle and hit everything. I, I didn't even think of that. Do, do you think it still works that way, even though it says every enemy unit within 46, not specifying? Well, it's a direct damage spell that targets every enemy unit within 46. So I think you have to abide so by the direct So I guess it still has to be spell. an eligible target, yeah. yeah. Oh, so it's got to be in its front arc? Right. That changes it quite a bit as well. That makes it even worse. Oh, I didn't think about that. Okay. Yeah, and then it gets a six-up ward save for it and everything else within six inches. So, eh, Oh, the, this engine of the gods is just kind of underwhelming, isn't it? Yeah, so it, it changed from you have to choose one of the powers at the beginning of the magic phase to it does all the powers all the time, but they all... Just kind of suck. 
And the giant blowpipe is only 2d6, am I correct? Yeah, but you have two of them. Oh, okay. Oh, there's two on there. Oh. Wait a minute. Instead of firing another missile weapon in the shooting phase, up to two skink crew. Oh, may each fire a single giant blowpipe. Okay. So, I read the single, and I was just, I thought you could only shoot one, but up to two of them can each fire one. Yeah, I think I'm just going with the blowpipes for... And saving 50 points. Yeah. That's a shame, too, because that engine looks really cool. It does look awesome. Yeah, that, that's one of my favorite models, and that, that's one of my favorite painted models mm-hmm. that I have, so... All right, well, let's move along, then. To the infamous Salamander hunting pack. Should we talk about this guy? Oh, this thing became reasonable, I think. I know I know, every, <laughs> I know all the Lizardman players call it a nerf. I call it, it, it it's no longer stupid. Yeah, what's your feeling on that, Jeff? As a Lizardman player, uh, the old I, I, I think being those. able to march and shoot was a little little stupid, especially because it specifically said you could not do that with the Raise It On part yeah. uh, hunting pack. Uh, I was more than willing to take advantage of, of that rule, but <laughs> I, I think bringing it back in line was not necessarily a nerf. It was just kind of fixing a rule that right. wasn't really clear to begin with. That for too long and for too many players, I think, and within, you know, rights they played it that way but clearly not as intended yeah and i I don't know i mean you're usually not shooting with them on the first turn anyway Mm -hmm. so you can march them up but um yeah uh, you you might lose one turn of shooting but with walk between worlds you can just set up those flank shots to where you're just sending those templates straight into Mm -hmm. Just right down the flank of of large blocks. Did it have an FAQ that that said it was allowed to do that? Or didn't you asked a question about this someone? You got attacked on a, on some. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping you wouldn't go there, but uh, since you <laughs> did, I, I to try to get to the bottom of it. You know, I did all this reading and, and compared FAQs and stuff. And basically, what it is is they they were skirmishers and skirmishers. Uh, are allowed to march and shoot. Right, that's it. Okay, so that's why it, they could They were allowed shoot, to do yeah. that, yeah. So I, I posted it on the Warhammer forum and even called GW at one point, but so it just this big fiasco. So, uh, so the yeah, so yeah, it, I, it, so I didn't they were brought back down to earth with uh, clear rules saying that they cannot march Thank and goodness, shoot. Yeah, and I agree with that. I think that was a well deserved. Uh, change for them. They were a little uh, bit further nerfed in that they don't. They used to do minus three to armor saves. Now it's just strength four, straight up. And I'm I'm almost I, I'm kind of halfway on that. Like I'm happier because you're gonna really see them shine against even tough three blocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll be wounded on three pluses instead of four, and then tough four blocks when they're wounded on fours instead of fives. Uh, right. But having that negative three armor save auto panic um mm-hmm. it, it's definitely a trade-off uh i i'm almost thinking the strength four is going to be better in the end because you're going to be doing more damage to those blocks right. which usually don't have a high armor save to begin with so um we'll, we'll see in the long run but i, I think strength four is going to end up being better i just think you're going to see if you see a couple of these you know because you, I mean, you, you, they were at one plus in every, you know, almost two plus in every army. Oh yeah, and at now, least two units of one. Yeah, and now at least when I see a, a couple of these on the table, 
I won't be like, Ugh, yeah, you're one of those players. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, it was so good. It's, I, well, I used to see two units of two. Yeah. They used to, I think yeah, that that's, that's how I used to run them. I just, I mean, it's one of those things. You, I mean, I've said it before, and I'll probably wind up saying it again. Is you, you hate to see those one pluses in the armies. You hate to see that thing in the book that stands out and shines so much that it's in every single list because then it gets boring to play against. And here you you you'll see it in lists, but you won't necessarily, I think, see it in every list. I mean, it's I think good. you're still going to see salamanders in every list, but you think it'll be in every list? I mean, you think everyone? Yeah, I mean, I know yeah. they're good. Lists. I just they're they're still skinks and salamanders. I think are still the bread and butter of the lizardman army. I just I guess I'm I, I'm not as I'm not as worried about them as I was before because they're they're still good and they're still something that you have to you have to contend with. They're just not stupid good anymore. Right. Exactly. And at, at least for that much, I would just like, oh, okay. If I see you put a couple of them down on the table, I'm not going to just roll my eyes and be like, all right, great. Yeah, now it's like, oh, interesting tactical decision. Yeah. No, you, how do I deal with that? Yeah, you did something. Yeah. Before so, I was like, oh, bastard. I know. I hate those. I hate you. You lizard man person, player, <laughs> thing. I'm not going to say what those Brits all call them, so this is a family-friendly show. What do they call them? Well, they use a bad word. They call oh. them the, the lizard man C-words. Gotcha. So, next up are Razordons. Now, Jeff, you alluded to these not being really um, a good choice. Yeah, I'm still not particularly excited by them. They did get six inches in range, so they are range 18 now, which is the only thing that made me pause and think about them. Uh, they are also 10 points cheaper than in the last book, but when it comes down to it, you're still rolling a ballistic die for the number of hits, and you're rolling on weapon skill or uh, ballistic skill, which is three. So, so um, if you run a large unit, a large number of these, five, six, eight... Uh, Hand of Glory, that unit. Is there anything there? Uh, potentially. And, I mean, if these guys were armor-piercing, I, I would say, yeah, go ahead and do it. But um, I, I think with the templates, ultimately you're going to be hitting more, right. even if you're shooting at, like, um, uh, cavalry, because they're both strength four. It's just one rolls to hit and one doesn't. And I just don't see what a Razordon is going to do that skinks couldn't, uh, a unit of ten skinks for five points True. more. Yeah, just strength four straight up. Yeah, armor piercing is a good point. The, the other thing is if you charge these guys, you get to re-roll that artillery die roll. Is that right? Correct, yeah. It used to be that you rolled two artillery die, and if you rolled a misfire, the whole unit wouldn't be able to fire. Now it's just you are able to re-roll the artillery die when you're charged. Hmm. Uh, that's the other thing is you have to accept the charge. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you can't really flee with these guys, which I, I like to use single salamanders as, as chaff sometimes right. yep. as well. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I think these guys... Uh, have me become more useful and I think I'm going to try maybe one or two of them see if I can't find a, a good use for them but I think ultimately either uh, a unit of 10 skinks with blowpipes or javelins or even a, just a salamander is going to ultimately be better because the skinks have poison and the mm-hmm. salamander has that template that's going to hit everything True. under the template so. so wait how does their shooting work just in case somebody doesn't know you roll an artillery die and that's Correct. It's, it's grape shot, basically. Yeah. And that's how many hits. So and then, then, and then you roll to hit. Oh, so that's on, how many based shots on their you get. Skill three. Correct. So the artillery dice is how many shots you get, and then you got to still roll to hit. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's not an automatically hitting with no. that. It's not like a blunderbuss where you're just in a you're just right. in a cloud of this shots attack. Yeah, I mean, if it was auto hits, that would be a completely different story. So that's why the Hand of Glory spell, you can increase the ballista skill by D3. Really yeah, but I mean, it's like your Slon can't be everywhere at once. Right. And if you're Hand of Glory in the Razor Dons and you're not Hand of Glory in something else, that, that might benefit from it as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, or if these things had poison, that would be that would be good too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. there are a lot of things that could have been done to make yeah. these guys super awesome. And I was really expecting it because in the previous book, they were just kind of poo-poo. Mm-hmm. So I, I was thinking with the new book release, yeah, they'd probably give them some special loving, but alas. Are they better so than much. last time, though, at least? Yeah, they've got the additional six instances of range. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I think they still fire, like, even if a... a one of the Razor Dons rolls a misfire. I think the entire unit still gets to shoot if they're able to. Um, the Sea Candlers for both them and the Salamanders are a point cheaper from the last book. They're four points in this book now. Um, so they, they did get better. They also got cheaper. Uh, so you might you might see some people who are just using them as redirectors, and they'll just try and pump out the strength four hits if they're able to. But... Um, for, for 15 points more, you can get a Salamander, or for 5 points more, you can get a unit of 10 Skinks. Huh. Okay. Yeah, true. Is there a limit to how many handlers you can take? One per a pack. One per and a pack. pack one additional Skink Handler per pack. Yeah, yeah, and a pack will be a, a single beast and three handlers. Okay. And, and the we- unit sizes used to be one to three, and now they're just one plus, so you can start having large units Ten. of these guys if yeah. you are so hoard. Go horde, baby. <laughs> 18 Razor Dons. And it looks like if you roll a... It says if you roll a misfire, it says if a Razor Don can shoot barbs... Okay. If the artillery dies, no shots are fired, and D3 skin candles are removed as the Razor Don eats them. So I think if one rolls a misfire, it's just that one that doesn't shoot, so right. the other ones can. Correct. They, yeah, and it used to be the whole unit wasn't able to shoot. So it's, still you know, not, it's, it's a shame. I like that model. I wish it could... Yeah, it's a really you'll, cool. I model. think you'll see it more often. I don't think they'll more often than never. Yeah, right. yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I've never faced those either. The other thing to note is both these and the salamanders are you know not bad, and if they get into combat, they're not bad at strength five. Yeah, they they both have the the two strength five attacks, and that's the other thing that changed as well as they do get the stomps now, so mm-hmm. they can make a pretty decent combat unit if you have to get them into combat or if they do get into combat. Um, and when you've got the the handlers, you, that's why I like to, to take the extra handlers mm-hmm. because the handlers get to attack as well. And yeah, they're only weapon skill two, strength three attacks, but uh, that just kind of makes that unit pack a little bit of a punch. Right. So if they, think, if they stomp, that means they can't be stomped. That's true. Uh, no, yeah, they they cannot be stomped because they are monstrous beasts. So I mean, you may even I don't know, you might even see these guys as darts trying to mm-hmm. rush ahead and do character assassination and do some some hits on units. Maybe I don't know. Just trying to think out loud about how you right. might be able to use those. Interesting. True. All right, so here we are with the last entry in the book and the third of the new models. Oh, uh, why don't we just go ahead and stop there? We'll call it a night. There's <laughs> really no need. Now, is oh, it not boy. worth uh, any airwaves talking about the Troglodon, huh? It's got a dozen special rules. I mean, it's got to be good, right? And the model is gorgeous. 
oh, the model is fantastic. When when the models were released and I saw that, I was like, yeah, that guy's going to have some cool rules. And he's got some interesting rules, but um, he's he's 200 points. Uh, he's kind of your, your standard monster, strength mm-hmm. five, tough five, five wounds. Uh, he does have three attacks. Um, one of them is not a strength 10 attack, though, so... Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sh- so sure about this guy, but uh, he, he's got a myriad of special rules. Um, okay, so he's aquatic. Uh, let's see, Art. Let's let's just look him up in the book here. Troglodons. Okay. Uh, let's see, Beast Rider, well, Arcane Vassal, Skink Oracle Rider only. What the heck does that mean? It means he can channel the the slum can channel through the skink, just like a skink priest. Oh, oh, right, right, right. I'm sorry. Okay, so, so let's see. Beast Rider. They, it's got a. They're treated as a single model. If it's removed, then this Oracle Rider is removed along with it. When moving, it uses the movement characteristic of the Troglodon. Troglodon and Skink Oracle Rider use their own weapon skill, strength, initiative, and attacks characteristics when they attack. Each can attack any opponent that the models in base contact with. All hits are resolved using the Troglodon's toughness. Wounds and save. In close combat, enemy models attacking the model compare their weapon skill to the troglodons when rolling to hit. However, we are screw- assume the skink oracle rider to be in complete control of the beast, so its leadership is never used. A troglodon is treated as a monster in all respects. Okay, so basically, you use the best of the stats, you know, for everything, mm-hmm. almost. It's, that's a really long rule. I, I don't... I. For not much uh, benefit. Yeah, I mean, I I, huh. I see what the the skink, uh, the rider, and the troglodon each use their own stats for when they attack. But I thought that's what they did anyway. Yeah, I'm not sure why they had to to clarify that. All hits. I mean, you don't. You don't, uh, basically the only thing here is you don't uh, you don't randomize if you're hitting the mm-hmm. beast or the rider all hits upon this model a go against the troglodyte's toughness wounds and save so and then yeah and it and enemy in close combat enemy models attacking the model compare their weapon skill to troglodyte's weapon skill so huh i mean basically that's the only change i think is that you have to attack the troglodyte and the, and well, I guess because it's a character. If you, well, no, it's not a. Character. It's yeah, it's not a character. Then what it's the hell? it's a skink oracle that's extremely rare, but he's basically just a skink with an extra pick of leadership. Okay, so that's a, basically a really long rule for something that would you would assume was the way the rules worked anyway. Yeah, that's very strange. Wait, he does have a primeval roar, which is interesting. Oh, oh it's only roar. once per battle. Yeah. Uh, you're basically all, all friendly units within 12 inches are getting the predatory fighter on a five instead of a six. But if that's just once per battle, that's pretty weak. Yeah. So you, by the time your your blocks are in combat, it's usually going to be turn three or four. So mm-hmm. it has to survive to turn three or four, and it has to be within 12 inches. Right. Um. I I don't. Yeah. I mean, it's it's nice, but I. For one use per game, I don't think it's going to be incredibly useful. So he's basically a big walking support platform. He's got the primeval roar for what that's worth. He's got this divining rod, which allows him to channel and dispel. Yeah, the oracle gets to channel and dispel. I'm assuming yeah, the bearer. 
Yeah, he gets the channel power dice and dispel right. dice. And then it also has the, the spit venom shooting attack, which is 18-inch range, yeah. strength 5, and it's quick to fire and does D3 multiple wounds. But you're using the ballistic skill of the skink, which is 3, so you're missing half the time anyway. Right. right. Um, I mean, it's another one of those jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none monsters where um, it just doesn't seem like for 200 points it's really worth it i mean it's 215 if you take the divining rod as well and again for 15 points more you can have a, a stake it on which is going to be tough six sure. and have a, a better armor save as well so yeah i don't know did they did they miss the mark on this one overall i mean the uh, model is so good it just begs to be used I, I I love that I model so it. much, and in in my army, I'm I'm kind of doing a skink theme. So if I did use a carnosaur, I'd probably just use this guy as my carnosaur. But as far as taking the model or, or the in your army, um, I just don't understand why you would. I don't think it's a very good support unit. I mean, it supports poorly. It only is able to do it a single time per game, and then only units which are in 12 inches. Mm-hmm. Um, 12 inches is a pretty big bubble. I mean, if it's a 12-inch bubble, I, as, as a person who uses a 12-inch bubble all the time, you know... You'll be able to hit just about everything you want to, but I mean, uh, you, how many blocks are you going to have that are going to be taking advantage of Primal Fury? Um yeah. That he's going to be near because uh, I was thinking if you're going to use this guy, especially with his channeling ability, that you're probably going to have him more to one flank instead of charging up the middle with your combat mm-hmm. blocks. Uh, I, I suppose you could take the extra turn to get him around in the rear or something, so you can maybe charge in the rear and then do your primal scream and have that one turn of combat. But or do you keep him in central to? Yeah, when leverage Grant, the primal roar and the and the divining rod. When Grant was playing him, that's kind of what he did. Even against you, he had him kind of yeah. behind his blocks, kind of moving up the middle, waiting for the chance to use that. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I don't know. I th- I think for his points cost, you can pick a unit that's going to do the job better. Yeah, I agree. Two hundred points for what he does is is a bit steep. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a fluff choice. But there's something about it that I really like. Not just the look of the model. I mean, I know it's only good on paper, but it just, I like the idea of it, I guess. Yeah, I, I like the fluff, even though it was kind of one of those demigriffs. Uh, I was walking through a forest and I found a troglodon. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it seemed like such a cool unit. And, and I like the fluff, I like the model, and I would love to be able to take the unit. I just, I can't, in my head, I can't justify the points cost. Yeah, on the other hand, any opportunity for extra channels? Mm-hmm. You know, but then again, you could just take a, another skink priest for sixty-five points. You would have just as much uh, utility as far as channeling is for concerned through through plus. the slong. Yeah, I mean, he can channel power die. You could take three of them. He'll give you the plus one to dispel if you choose to, mm. to use him. He can do the vassal for the the slon and give him the extra range. True. I'm just. I, don't know. I, mean, I, I want this model to be effective, but I, I just don't see it. Yeah, I want to love it. I could see myself taking it though. I would. I'm the, of course. What the hell? I take everything. So I'd put him on the field anyway in the back and just throw that thing out once a game. Hoping you could, you for the could best. put this thing on the field and be like Troglodon. Troglodon. <laughs> 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 exactly. Anyway. 
Yeah, you know, that, that's that's everything. Well, let's uh, yeah, I take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk lizard men in general. Absolutely. Okay. All right. All right, I win the combat by four, so you lose four more zombies, and I'll roll for my combat bonus. Full house, jacks over nines. That's plus one weapon skill for our hero level character until the end of this game. What? Plus one weapon skill, mark it down. Are those my square shooter dice? Yeah, they are. Now plus one weapon skill, mark it down, David. Wait, why are we rolling up poker hands with the square shooter dice in the middle of the game? Because if we use the dice to play war, that'd be too predictable. <laughs> no, wait. No, seriously. What is with the rolling poker hands after combat? Well, the last commercial you did for Square Shooters, I went to forum.squareshooters.com and checked out their contest. I can use the dice to invent my own game or a game within a game or a bolt-on. And since you were trying out new stuff for the campaign rules, I figured we'd try this out. Oh, so this is something we could use in the campaign. So... You're adding dice rolls to the end of the combat, and if certain hands come up, you get a bonus? Or a penalty, or they might not just do anything for you. Fate is often cold and uncaring, you know. <laughs> Plus one weapon skill. Mark it down. Mark it down. You know what I'm wondering is what the listeners are going to come up with when they find out that all the different prizes you can get. I mean, including the limited publishing of the winning idea. That's awesome. I know. So I'm trying my hand. Even though you and I can't win. Even though we can't win. All right, well, I tell you what, okay, give me a copy of the list explaining what hands do what. All right, here you go. Hey, everything listed on mine's a penalty. Let me see yours. Hey, everything on yours is a bonus. You noticed that, huh? I mean, what? I haven't worked out all the details in the dice mechanics yet, and uh, plus one weapon skill? Plus one weapon, give me a break. Square Shooters Dice Game. Check them out at squareshooters.com. Hey folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm, it doesn't separate from the base, they custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at BattleFoam.com. Battle Foam, protecting your army. All right, we have covered all the units in the book. We have not covered special characters. We just... Which we will do. I know it's bothering you that we're not doing it this episode. <laughs> we had a little discussion about it, and it's like it's been getting late. This is going to wind up being another one of these six-hour army reviews. And uh, now, granted, we did spend over an hour on the fluff, so that's part of the right. reason. <laughs> but, 
I was telling them I did my OCDs kick again. I'm like, wait, there's a part of the book we didn't cover. There's we will a part cover of the book it in due cover. time. In due time, we will. And it, it 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 feels weird to me just with it being this book because we had a whole episode where Domus came on and we just talked special characters, right? And so it's like, do I want to do I do we want to do a whole another episode on just special characters? Well, maybe a segment or two. It doesn't have to be the whole yeah, episode. We'll keep it short. Because I definitely want to mention one or two, but we, there's there's nine right. of them, so we, I can see us skipping it a little bit. So we could we could just fill time with Lizardman show tunes between the special characters, <laughs> or Sounds of the Jungle. <laughs> Jaguar. <laughs> anyway, so Lizardman successful release. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jaguar. <laughs> oh my gosh! Hey, I'm medicated. I have an excuse. You guys are getting silly. Um, successful release. Jeff, what do you think? Um, as a release, I mean, as a whole, I think the book is still. Uh, pretty powerful. Uh, it's definitely been taken down a notch. I, I don't think it's maybe lower top mm. tier, but I think that's a huge stretch. I think it's definitely middle to upper middle tier. Um, mm. I think the new units, you aren't going to see a whole lot of them. Um, I think more than anything else, probably Ripperdactyls. Um, I think you're going to see uh, pretty much the same tournament list that we've got now, but maybe with a smattering more of Sagadons and um, perhaps a, a few other things. But I, I think it's a solid release, and, and it does give players the option to to write some different lists. But, um, yeah, it was a little disappointing with the, the new stuff. What do you think, David? Uh, I, I was going to say I, th- I think it's solid and it's balanced. It's a good book. Um and there's, a, I don't want to say it's a boring book, but it's not glamorous. It's it didn't really do anything to change the play style. That's the thing. There's, it, it, I mean, and, and and part of this is what I'm hearing from people who've played Lizard Men is that it's basically the same list. There's nothing yeah. really you, new you, about you, this release. They tweaked it, but you could just pretty know. much take what you've taken before. Well, you've only got three new units and. Those three new units, a lot of people are saying they're not going to take. So, with with the exception of taking maybe some Ripperdactyls, like Jeff just said. Mm-hmm. So, it's the same book as before. It's been mm-hmm. balanced. It's been so you can have more options. Like I said, you can take more Temple Guard. You can take other things, but you can also just take the same list you've been playing with the last book for two three years, and still just play it. Um, I think part of what it suffers from is that. And, and, and I know this sounds weird because you could say this about other armies, but it's like, you know, because they're broken. You've got the slan, which is the, the one model in and of itself. And then what else do you have? I mean, even in the fluff, it breaks it down. Crocs, skinks, saurus. Mm-hmm. You don't see and too they didn't many crocs. Even give you, they didn't even give us the new slan model either. No. And you don't see too many crocs. So what do you see? You've got core skinks. You've got special skinks. You've got core Saurus. You've got special Saurus. You've got special Saurus on Cav. Mm-hmm. So you're basically looking at a lot of skinks and, and Saurus. Saurus. And, yeah. and then there, the stag. And the weirdest thing is that, you know, 
you think they got the new model would be the new hotness, and they just took the old model, which is the Stegs, which is what everybody had, and made it so good that you're still seeing the same. I mean, you used to see one Steg, you know, on the table. I I often see a Steg, you know, on a lizard. Now you're going to see a bunch of Stegs because they're darn good. So it's the same. It's a ton of skinks, Sosaurus. Does the number of cannons out there, being what it is, does that dissuade your Lizardman player from taking those stugs? Or is that just the reality of things? I mean, cannons are going to take anything off. Uh, I think if you're going to take one stake, you'll probably want to take two just to make sure that you're going to have it. Um, But, I mean, you could just as easily uh, spend that couple hundred points in in more skinks or Mm -hmm. more temple guard. Or Or, or you get that uh, skink chief on the uh, the pterodon, give him a charm shield. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of options as, as far as characters are concerned, but when it comes to the actual army, there does kind of limit in, in what you can do, at least tournament-wise, which is how I usually think about when I'm writing lists. I'm usually trying to make an all-comers list. So, Speaking of uh, tournaments, what matchups do you look for, and which ones do you fear? Um with this new book, I can't say for sure, uh, just because I haven't had the chance to play it on the table. But mm-hmm. previously, um, like Skaven and even to an extent VC were a big problem because they could just overwhelm uh, with their, mm-hmm. their model counts. Uh, and it was kind of hard to, to take care of everything in a timely fashion. Yeah. Um, Hordes of zombies. Right yeah. <laughs> High armor was certainly a problem, so mm-hmm. like warriors was was definitely a problem. Um, but a- anymore, I mean, with the the way the book looks now, I, I think you have a fair chance at making uh, an all comers list that can truly take on all comers uh, with with this list or with this book. Uh, nothing pops to the top of my head that that I wouldn't feel like I would have the tools to take care of with this book. I think at the very center of this new book is the uh, that lore attribute. I mean, they're just yeah. so monumental. Exactly. It's weird that the most verse, the biggest, like you said, you know, it's you can, the army's balanced and solid, and you 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 can take different builds, slightly different. Things. The biggest versatility is the thing that's not going to change. Is you're still going to take that slant, right? But he's you know he's become the bigger the the more versatile option. It's just it's so weird. It's like I want to be really excited for this, and it's. You seem almost disappointed. The more I look at the book and the more I read it, it's like it. It seems like this. It seems like the same thing I've been seeing. It's just how it yeah. seems to me when I'm looking at this, going and I'm hearing Jeff talk and other guys mm-hmm. talk about how they're going to build their lists. It's the same thing. It's it's still good, and it is different. But it doesn't to the player or to the to the opponent. You know what I'm saying? Who mm-hmm. I I don't play it. I don't know all the subtleties of it. I'm looking across the table at clouds of skinks and and some saurus and a slan. It's uh, true, but yeah, they they've kind of tweaked things a little bit. So I think before my perception was of the Lizardman book, it was really good. They have all, all these all these disciplines and stuff that made it right. over the top. I wish they would just pull it back just a little bit, and I think they've done that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. They definitely pulled it back a little bit, but yeah, it really does kind of lack that that fun factor. Like I was really looking forward to being able to play my Lizardman in a tournament setting and a, with a different list build. Um, 
And I mean, you know, I'm, I'm doing that to myself. I could easily take a monster match if I wanted to, but um, personally, I, I don't think that's a, a good all-comers list, and, and that's usually what I'm going for with my list writing. So it does just kind of feel like they shifted points around. Uh, they smattered in a couple of new units that people aren't really going to use, and um, pretty much it's, it's going to be the same. Same as oh, it ever was. I'll use your new units. I like the Troglodon <laughs> and uh, the Bastilodon. I think they're cool. I would still use them if I had this army. It's the I Mafia lose, Army maybe. of Dons. Yeah, <laughs> the Mafia Army. <laughs> yeah, I well, mean, it's it's weird. I, I don't want to say that I'm disappointed because you keep you, you brought well, that up. I, just, I think you have to give a little bit of time because I think the beauty of this army, again, that lore attribute, it makes every game for you different. So based yeah, on what your yeah. opponent is fielding, you, you, that changes your whole magic selection. And maybe yeah, that'll make I, it really fun for yeah, the Lizardman Precisely. And I should specify, I'm not disappointed in what they did do more in, in the the things that they didn't take advantage of for the book that they could have mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess, yeah. That's a fair, that's a fair assessment. Yeah. I, it just doesn't have that... I don't know. It just doesn't have that zazz that the other new releases have had, and that's I don't know. I can't even. I don't even know how to how to describe what it is. It's just there's something. There, it's like it, there's a piece not there. I got exactly what I asked for. It's what you asked for. Just pull it back a little bit, mm. and I got exactly what I asked for. And I looked at it and said, "Oh, you pulled it back a little bit, but there's no zazz." I just don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I think that attribute is the zazz. I want a little. I, I think it's, it's coming, coming a, down to that one attribute that's making the army fun. And, and don't get me wrong, that is certainly a, a nice attribute. But I, I'm not sure it's really. Um, is it enough? Yeah, I, I I have to think that it is. I know when Grant and I played, he was over the moon about that because it's almost like the whole magic phase was his oyster. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, he was also, I mean, dude, that magic face was getting crazy. You know, they don't get the extra die for every time they throw spells, but it really, I mean, dude, he was equaling you in power dice. Oh, he he was owning the magic face. Yeah. I mean, he mm-hmm. had way more than you and his face, and there was at least one or two magic faces where he had more dispel dice than you had power dice, and that was just yeah. like... Well, he was throwing five channels every turn. And three of them were hitting, or, or or hitting fives. on fives. Yeah. It was just... It was crazy, and I could see that. Yeah, that could be a lot of fun, but it just it all centers around the slant again. Yeah, but you know that's the price you pay for for being able to choose. Yep, and, and mix up your lores based on what you need. I mean, that's that that sort of freedom is. Yeah, well, that's why you got it. That's why I want to see if you can have that fun without the slant. I want to see if you can have a couple of level twos and some scarvets. And Jeff's going to find out for us, so that's <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get back with you in 2018. 2018. No, we want to know in uh, you know tomorrow at this time. Full battle reports. Ten games. <laughs> get to I'll, I'll give them to you, but they won't be real. <laughs> Dave, you were right. I got t- I 20 nailed my opponent every time in my imagination. Oh jeez, I'm a legend in my own mind. There you go. <laughs> nice. All right, so. Uh, Anything else we should cover? I can't think of anything. Jeff, is there anything we're missing? Um, I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I'm sure as soon as we, we turn off, then I'll be like, oh, yeah, what about that? But for the time being, I think we, we did a pretty in-depth review. 
Okay, quick question. Is Lord Mazdamundi worth 780 points? I know we're not covering characters in full, but I keep looking at him, and I didn't have time to look at everything he's got. No. Oh. 780? He's 780 points. Is yeah, he the that's most ridiculous. Expensive? He's a level four wizard. Uses like, what is like? He's just he seems to have everything though. I mean, it's just like he seems to be the super slon, but it's so expensive. But I mean, if you trick out a slon, he's going to be what? I mean, he could be over six hundred points, can he? Or he could be up to about. Uh, about I mean, 600 if you're points. trying to make the most expensive slon you possibly can, you you can probably easily get him up into the six hundreds. But I mean, you're paying for a stegodon, and it's a slon. Do you want your slon in combat? Yeah, that's true. Oh, he and is he, carrying and the he's battle your BSP, and he he's he's stubborn on a nine, but. I don't know. It's just you're you're putting – that's more than eggs in one basket. That's like putting your eggs in a barbed wire basket. (laughs) If they kill – if they kill – Slag his his stegodon. He just go, he just floats off onto his palanquin. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the lore master of whatever lore he chooses, so he can be a lore master of something else. Okay, and that's um, the only way to get lore master in the book on on the regular eight lores. Uh, he's, he's got he's actually got uh, ASF poisoned attacks. Uh, his one attack is ASF and poison. <laughs> Wow, bring in the thunder. At the start of every close combat phase, all enemy models in base contact must reveal their magic items. If he scores one or more hits against a model that has any magic items, roll a D six. On a six, all of that magic all of that model's magic items are immediately destroyed. So it's it's you gotta roll a six you gotta hit someone, you gotta roll a six, and you gotta get this fool into combat. Right. It's so it's one of those things that sounds cool. He does have the magic standard. If your army includes him, he must be the BS blade, blah 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 blah. Um, in addition, once per game at the beginning of any enemy shooting phase, he can release the power of the sunburst standard enemy models that target him or any other friendly unit within 12 inches, minus one to hit penalty for shooting attacks. Okay, that's not all that great. But then he's got becoming cogitation, harmonic convergence, soul of stone, and transcendent healing. So he's got the... uh, he can move the miscast. He can re-roll a failed dispel. He gets the two additional power dice, and he gets to roll. And on the sixes, he gets his wounds back. So, all for seven hundred eighty points, bargain. Yeah. <laughs> Does he have a ward save? Yeah, he's got the four plus ward save as well. Right. Yeah, shield of the old ones. So not. Uh, he doesn't have anything better. Well, okay, I guess he's not worth it. Or, I mean, points-wise, it just doesn't necessarily work out. That single attack thing is ridiculous. Yeah, it's one weapon skill, two attack. Oh, and, yeah, you're three? always striking first. But he's initiative, two, so he's not even oh, able to geez. take advantage of the re-roll. So, well, it's I mean, it's, it, it, So if it, you roll a six, you automatically wound. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, I love uh, what it says. If Lord Mazdamundi scores one or more hits against a model that has any magic items, he's only got one attack. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd have to take a lore that gives him extra Multiple attacks. attacks and, yeah. yeah, or you'd have to, uh, I, yeah, you'd have to give him the. Um, I swear to God, though, yeah, you'd have to play like a thirty-two hundred point game to do that. And I swear, if somebody rolled that up and rolled a six and took away all my magic items from my character with this one stupid thing, I'd be like, that's it, I quit. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty ridiculous. So I'm going back to Lord Croak. I always liked Lord Croak, and I still like Lord Croak. Croak. 
I call him Crow. I call him Croak. I like Croak. Yeah, you can say Croak, but he's a frog. He goes Croak, and he's dead. He croaked. It's Croak. So, for, but anyway. four hundred points. I like him. All right. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. He's for four hundred. He's. I think he's a decent buy. Yeah. All right. So I'll stop talking about them. I just. I had to know. I had to ask about it. I just looked at him and said, "Man, eight hundred points, dude. That's the cost of uh, Thorgrim Grudgebearer. He's like a seven eighty hmm. on his on his throne with his book of grudges. And yeah, he's actually good. That's just crazy. All right. I suppose we got to wrap up now that I've kept you on another ten minutes with my. Special character ramblings. Now I feel a little better. <laughs> Go ahead. Get your fix. <laughs> Got my fix. Well, should we take a break then come back and close? Yeah. Or yeah, should we just close? I tell you what. Why don't we pretend we're taking a break here, and if 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 we don't need it, a break, I'll edit that out. Okay. So, All right. Break. <laughs> Many ages ago, the Slan Mage Priest's manipulation of the world's surface divided the original southern landmass into two continents. Thus was Lustria split off from the Southlands. This explains why the jungles of the Southland bear so much in common with those of Lustria, including many of the same reptilian carnivores. At one point, a lone temple city and some few lizardmen's structures existed across the world pond. But as those sites have fallen off the altered geomantic web, so too have they faded from the memories of the Slan Mage Priests. Okay, folks, that's our Lizard Men review. Episode 80 in the can. Episode 80, yeah. We're getting closer and closer to 100. Of course, it'll be like a year before we get to 100, mm-hmm. but that's still, we're getting there. Um, Jeff, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Twice. Happy happy to be on the show. Um, thanks for having me on. And look, we're getting you off before 1 in the morning, Indiana. Oh, and there was much rejoicing. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, you know this one. I think this one's clock. This one might actually clock in under six hours total, and we spent like an hour on fluff, fluff which is just. Huh? This has been a weird review for us. Well, I I, I wanted to keep you guys on track. Uh, I'd oh, like to attribute you. that to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, if it weren't we for me, it would probably the, be eight hours. Yeah. But well, it might have been if we'd have actually covered all the units in the book, but we skipped them special characters. Oh, here we go. He's not going <laughs> to let that go. But we got the, your one, Dave. Yeah, and we actually said, "Hey, we'll still take Lord Croak." I like Lord Croak. You mean Croak? I like Th- Lord Croak. Think Kroak. of the upfront investment we made in the fluff, though. Dude, that was. I had a lot of fun last episode. Yeah, I, I hope people, are, I hope yeah, people listen fun. to that. I hope we don't get a lot of negative. I do wish they had stats in the book for the egg spaceship, though. It's got to have. You can have scout, ambush, flight. Like, all units within 48 inches suffer 2d6 strength 6 hits. There you go. 
<laughs> it just starts shooting everything. It's like, it would cause terror. Uh, you're not going to let that. You're not going to let that one go, are you? It's unbreakable. Until I croak. It's a door. Oh <laughs> man, are we doing this again? Anyway, oh, it's getting late. Boy, yeah, it is. All right. Uh, so, folks, thanks for listening. Um, please recommend the show to your friends. We can always use more listeners. Please leave us an iTunes review. We can always use more iTunes reviews. And uh, sign up on the forum. Join the community. Garagehammer.net. Yep. Um, we've still got shirts and stuff like that. And uh, if you need dice, just email me directly because Daniel hasn't helped me put the page up yet for the dice. We're going to get a separate page just for that. So that's it. We will see you in a couple of weeks. We'll actually have some news and rumors. We'll actually have some... Well, Chris will have some hobby. If there's any, if there's any indication, I still won't have actually started hobby. you got two weeks, so get on it. Well, i got a lot of magnets in my zombies. I guess there's there something. Go. Yay. All right. <sighs> All right, Folks, Jeff. Thanks again. Some, and again, thanks, Jeff. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you guys and happy to be on the show and talk to you all later all right Excellent. take it easy bye you've been listening to garage hammer if you like the show we invite you to join the garage hammer community by joining our forums at garagehammer.net slash forum or our facebook page garage hammer podcast you can also follow us on twitter follow david at garage hammer and follow chris at topher chris U. if you'd like to contact us you can reach david through david at garagehammer.net you can reach me, that's Chris, through chrisu at garagehammer.net. And you can reach both of us through garagehammer at live.com. If you want to help support GarageHammer, check the support page or the show store on our website, or leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening.